When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football is back in action, and this season, you're the MVP. Because instead of running to the store at halftime when the cooler ran dry, you remember Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, and didn't miss a minute of game time. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits and get them all delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get drinks delivered before game time. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And it's arrived, listeners. Oh God! It's we're finally here. We've been we've been waiting for this day. It's pretty much all been leading to this, really, hasn't it? <laughs> it really has. Like we know that some of you have been literally doing homework. You've got copies of the book. <laughs> you're you're psyching yourself up because oh at last it is a night to remember. It sure is. Oh man! So, like, uh, is, oh, like it's officially kicking off the the prom thriller miniseries. It's here. It We've is, done it. It is. We did it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's the chase guard. I mean, it really is because, like, I had sort of well, I haven't really forgotten, but the tone of the writing really mm. does change after this. And actually, we know that some uh, listeners were are slightly apprehensive about this um, because there is definitely a different shift in tone. They're way more melodramatic. Mm. Um, I'm not saying something. But <laughs> I would really, really enjoy it because it's just everything's heightened. The emotions are heightened. The prose is heightened. There are lots of uh, metaphors and similes worthy <laughs> of Liz's poetry. <laughs> Her diary would be so proud. <laughs> it would. So uh, we can't uh, keep you in suspense any longer. So let's dive right in with taglines and blurbs. And the cover line is one night dot dot dot. I'm not just pausing dramatically for fun. <laughs> Changes sweet valley. Forever. And I mean, it does, like on every level. I, no lies detected. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Can you share the back line, please? I can, and in much the same vein. It's, uh, <laughs> it <really is. laughs> we're kind of repeating ourselves here, lads, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> After tonight, nothing will ever be the same in Sweet Valley. <gasps> well, as we've just said, and as you will see, uh, this is very true. So mm. here is the full blurb. Identical twins, Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield, work together to create the most perfect prom Sweet Valley has ever seen. They do not work together. Jess <laughs> does not do a tap. <laughs> it's kind of the whole major point of conflict is that they do not work together. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> but when a jealous conflict turns deadly, the twins' lives are changed forever. Oh my God, that's true. Since the death of his girlfriend, Regina Morrow, wealthy Bruce Patman has kept his heart closed to love. Sucks to be Amy. <laughs> <laughs> But then a mysterious girl steps into his life and Roos must decide if it's worth the pain to love again. I mean, she steps into his life in literally the last five pages of the book. It is so late in the book. I was just like, wait, what girl? Where? Who, where is she? <laughs> and this is a long book, listeners. Um, and finally, and when Lila Fowler thinks her guidance counsellor is interested in more than her schoolwork... Well, he was never really interested in her schoolwork. He was interested mm. in her, like, emotional development. Well-being, yeah. <laughs> she puts his career and his reputation on the line. Will the truth come out before disaster strikes and changes the lives of everyone in Sweet Valley forever? No. The explosive <laughs> first title in the dramatic prom thriller miniseries. Oh, my God. I, I'm so proud of us. We're here. It's so exciting. <laughs> and I'm so proud of the blurb writers for yet again writing a slightly inaccurate blurb. You know, it's it just yeah, it, it's it's true to the series in in its own particular way. Some things do never change in Sweet Valley. <laughs> it's nice that some things are a constant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, can you share the cover now? Neither of us have what I think we can consider to be the the true cover because I have the regular British. Um, British edition, which just has a bored old sort of orchid corsage next to a broken glass on like uh, some. It's the kind silk. of the silky background, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> shit! I do not know what they were thinking, but <laughs> and, and you I, don't know that either. I don't. This is it. It's it's all bets are off with these covers. Like it's a pure dice roll, which one you end up getting. It seems like on this side of the world. <laughs> but and in fairness, I do know some people do have a soft spot for the kind of UK editions with the silky backgrounds because just from a nostalgia point of view, it's like the one mm. that you would have read like when you were bet into the series. Um, but yeah, it just yeah, it just it it really does feel like we still got screwed on this side. Of the world. Um, because yeah my cover is also oh not the proper American one it's like a special tie-in to the TV show uh, so it's got TV Jess and TV Sam who we haven't actually met yet in the the TV series as we're going through it um, yeah but yeah because it's got there is actually a an ad at the back of this book for like uh, VHS tapes of certain episodes of the TV show so I guess that's the oh video tie-in God. aspect of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, so at the back of like this one, it's got a uh, Francine Pascal. Sweet Valley High is coming to home video this summer from Savannah Entertainment. Look for kidnapped and dangerous love in a video store near you. So it's like <laughs> neither neither of those episodes, which are based on books, like have anything to do with this book. So it's all very <laughs> all over <True>. the place. <laughs> I mean, who's surprised? Not me. I know. Yeah. But uh, but no. So, I mean, I guess the, the, the real, like, proper spiritual cover of this book <laughs> is the proper, like, American one with the mad artwork and the kind of step back, oh fold God. out, extra bonus content cover. Because that one is the real fucking thing of beauty. Um, 
So yeah, that one as it's as it's closed up uh, front on and night to remember there has now it does have a bit of the silky background action going on, but um, it's like a corsage kind of across this sort of. Oh yeah, no, but that, that texture. Count, I think. But then to the side, we can see like two photographs. Uh, so we've got Liz in one, Jess in the other. The dresses are a little bit like the ones actually described in the books. They um, are. I was like, thinking that. Yeah. Liz does wear blue. Jess wears red. Now it looks pink on this cover, but again, that could just be fading over time. Um, yeah. So we do actually get a look at the twins. And again, this is a different artist. So it's not James Matthews. And I don't no. think it's the other guy, Bruce something whose name I just can never remember. I think there might be a third <laughs> fighter has entered yeah. the ring here on this one. <laughs> um they kind yeah, of so like when, bad fan art of the like somebody pissed. who was like good in art for their leaving mm. search decided their art project was going to be copying some classic Sweet Valley covers, but they couldn't get them quite right. This is it, because even the poses do look like like classic cover faces yeah. and angles, but just have been repainted. And I guess that could always do it rights and stuff, but it's mm. it is kind of trying to capture the Matthews magic, but just not ah. quite pulling it yeah. off. Um not at but all. you know what? It's still delightful when it's folded out and you can see the whole thing because we we do get uh, to see that these pictures, one of them is torn in two and it's a picture of Jess and Liz together. So I guess this is like their pre-prom photo shoot at home. So yeah, yeah, they're both looking at the camera, but the photo has been ripped right down the middle. (gasps) Very fucking dramatic. (laughs) And actually, like them getting their photos taken before the prom is part of the, is actually in the story. Mm. Yeah, that's it. So, so like we do love when when things actually do reflect what's actually happening in yes. the books. Um and yeah, and even there's one of Liz and Todd is is the one above that, uh which is the kind of the peak of Liz's face that you see when the the cover is closed up. But yeah, it yes. reveals that it's a picture of Liz and Todd uh, kind of facing each other. Todd presuming, in inverted commas look, again, now. Not in inverted commas because we're just in the fucking wild west now in terms of faces. <laughs> it's like if you're not the twins, who the fuck cares? <laughs> so it's some guy who's meant to be Todd. <laughs> I'm looking at Liz and then over to the side, there's a picture of Jess and Sam. Um, but again, like this is not the Sam that we would have seen on the cover of Kidnap, Kidnapped by the Cult. Um, yeah, he looks like a news anchor. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> about 30. Yeah, but that's, that's actually keeping in tradition with, with you know, the rest of the series. This is the thing. If he actually looked like a teen, would probably be disappointed. So true. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the guys are in their tuxedos, uh, black bow ties, all the rest. Uh, like we can only see like kind of a bit of the girls' dresses, but you know they look they look solidly early nineties. So there's there's not uh, yeah. I guess I think they're uh, I think they're de- wearing I'm of a Deb's dress. Yeah, exactly. I think Liz <gasps> might be wearing like a matching scrunchie. Um, I can just see like a, a little hint of blue kind of oh, yes, on her head, maybe. but you can't you can't really see her full hairstyle the way it's done. But it looks like she's got a bit of a, like a ponytail, maybe a half ponytail going on. I think she's wearing a matching blue scrunchie. I've decided she's wearing a matching blue scrunchie. So. <laughs> That's what's happening. This book book came out in 1993, which is the year I went Mm. to my Debs, um, which is kind of like the Irish equivalent of a prom, though I wore Mm. black. So I don't think I'd have been booted out. I wore like black (laughs) empire line. They'd have booted me out and called me a goth. Yeah. We'll find out what Sweet Valley thinks of goths in a few books time. So uh, (laughs) brace yourselves. Um, so uh, yeah, the the cover is uh, is is quite it's quite dramatic, and it, it is. I'm just imagining what it must have been like to see this 
when it uh, when it came out because um it's such a sudden change there's like no from preamble the old style this is the thing and even in terms of setup like there is no setup for <laughs> for this book it literally just jumps to oh we're planning this fucking prom like because if you had gone from book 94 to 95 you'd have missed this one and have no idea what's going on so it's kind of mad that they made this a kind of like a a magna edition yeah like a you know a, a jump out of the main timeline but then the main timeline actually goes back to this story line. Yes. so it's very strange that this wasn't book 95 um yeah it's a bit confusing i wonder was it just because they wanted the hundred the evil twin to be a hundred oh. and they were like oh shit that won't be enough books so or that'll be too many books but oh. i was one of the people who did not i have this was the first time i'd read a night to remember but obviously i knew what happened because I had read all the other ones and I did read all of them when they were coming out. Like my okay. entire family were just highly, highly moved <laughs> by the Margot's deadly rampage. But we started on the next one and Margot was in the next one. So okay. I don't I didn't even realise she wasn't mentioned in this. She's like a Damn. surprise. Oh she really like, is. Oh. They, they they save her up for maximum impact. <laughs> So it was really interesting because I, I always, you know, I knew how this uh, story ended up, but mm. I did not know how it got there. How we got so, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so th- this was this was highly entertaining. And uh, I guess we better dive right into it. I guess we I'm better because this this is this is going to take some time, you guys. No, I hope will. you're not going anywhere for the next while. <laughs> I hope you've got a flight. <laughs> to catch because we know some people somebody was listening to us on a flight from Australia to Paris I believe mm. so uh, um, yeah you 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 might need a flight that long to, to oh, get through this one because we begin this uh, this era changing book <laughs> in the Casadel Wakefield where Jessica announces that she's finally achieved it and what could it be why it's the perfect tan <laughs> of course why not <laughs> so the twins uh, we get a twin comparison right mm. off the bat and we get a reminder of their special bond and the twins tediously banter over who is the best date for that night's big beach party um but uh, then Jessica reveals that Lila's not coming and uh, she has some feeble excuses that mostly around, revolve around television, including one programme that gives Liz an idea. Oh, yeah. Well, this is it. They kind of, I think they don't really believe Lila's excuses and uh, yeah. think, oh, yeah, as if she she couldn't miss, you know, she wants to stay home to watch Tarzan the Ape Man on Channel 7. Uh, and Liz kind of laughs at this and they kind of start picturing Lila swinging from a vine with some guy in a loincloth. Um, and they all just think this is hilarious. But um, yeah, it gives Liz an idea. So she thinks... Apparently they had been talking the other day about how it's been ages since Sweet Valley High put on a really big fun dance. What? <laughs> well, That's do you know what? Has, has there been a dance in the last while though? Because then I was thinking what? about it and I actually can't really remember. Like we had like the wedding was kind of the big deal in the last one. And like... Lila had her soiree mm. that was meant to be like the finest celebration Sweet Valley had ever seen that would make <laughs> or break any couple in the social cal- in oh, the social set. That is true. But I guess a school dance yeah, that hasn't been true, one in a while, actually. maybe. Mm. So maybe they're right okay. on this point, much as we grudgingly... <laughs> <laughs> hate to admit it when they're right um but yes they've decided that it's been too long since sweet valley high has put on a dance uh so they decided they need to come up with something really cool with a really good theme so liz says the iconic words 
How about a jungle prom? Liz, <gasps> oh, Liz, why, why? <laughs> By the way, I didn't realise that the kids in the school could just choose to throw a prom. I thought a prom was something like on a fixed calendar, if you I know mean, what I mean? Same. I really did think, because I know like in in these books, they have had dances where they just randomly elect a fucking I don't know, winter queen or some bullshit. But like, yeah, proms I thought were like more of a fixed. Yeah, as you say, it's it's a it's a timing thing. It's like the Debs yeah. here. It's like you've you yeah. know, it's your last year of school, you're finishing up. The prom is like your big kind of school send-off or whatever. But like I think there's like a junior prom as well, maybe when they go from one to yes. um but it didn't it didn't to me at least seem like something you can just kind of randomly throw whenever and be like this is the prom now when we're electing kings and queens and stuff but i don't know then again it's sweet valley high they play by their own fucking rules true i mean we are coming up to christmas so we don't even know what time of year this is and there's no yeah. beach party so um and <laughs> uh, so yeah jessica loves this idea and she has a suggestion she thinks um that they should make it a fundraiser for a new environmental group in town that uh, liz has been talking about wanting to volunteer for environmental alert mm. so liz loves this idea and they remark that they're a good team uh, but they uh, of course immediately have the first clash and it's about the dress code well i mean yeah they uh, <laughs> uh jessica gets all excited and says that you know a jungle prom everybody dressed in tarzan and jane outfits she's like that'd be amazing it'd be so wacky uh she kind of starts pulling out like denim cutoffs and looking for kind of brightly colored tops and stuff and liz is like well you know it's not really what i was picturing so she kind of thinks if everyone's there in fancy dress it's not really a prom it's a costume yeah. party so she's like she thinks the girls should wear dresses and the guys should wear tuxes but Le- jessica is like that is so boring <laughs> i can't believe you're suggesting yeah. that so this is the first kind of big dis- disagreement that they're having yes uh but they do decide that however they dress it'll be the best party in sweet valley high history Mm. so we cut to the beach party and they are basically and they do this in other moments throughout the book they are really like marking the history of sweet valley because they are dragging people out of the <laughs> out of the cupboards um, for uh, people we have completely forgotten about who work for the Oracle are will be brought back into play. But um, yeah, the gang's all here on the beach. To, oh, can you imagine how insufferable this would be? Elizabeth and Todd were slow dancing, but seemingly blissfully unaware that everyone around them was going wild. Like, what are they slow dancing to? Is it like everybody dance now? <laughs> 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 oh god but yeah they're such a fucking buzzkill as a couple it's like there's clearly party music being played and these fucking negative crack merchants are like slow dancing with each other just wrecking the fucking vibe like honestly <laughs> well uh i mean D- winston and maria are like spinning around in crazy circles dd and bill doing the twist uh mm-hmm. Amy is shimmying with Barry and uh, Ken Matthews is uh, whisking Terry over feet. Uh, yeah, he lifts her uh, high over his, his head. So we're, we're busting out all the best dance moves at this beach party. It is kicking off. And it's also, in fairness, I, I don't know, is, do they mention Cheryl? Oh, she is here. But like yeah, poor Cheryl must be watching all of this just going, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? Because this is more like 50s beach movie shenanigans from yeah. these kids. Like April and Michael Harris are there too. Why? <laughs> oh, they really are just dusting off everybody at this stage. Yeah. Aren't they? Come on out here now, lads. We need you for a beach party scene. 
And uh, Jessica notices with amusement that even stuffed shirt Bruce Patman is getting down. But uh, that's because he's with um, Andrea Slade. Now, Andrea hasn't had a total personality transplant in this book. Just saying this now. Extremely unconvincing. Oh, God. In, in so far as they took away whatever personality she had and left her with none whatsoever. Like, exactly. Christ. Yeah. But they did kind of set up her and Bruce a bit in. They did. Yeah. The last one in. Are we in love? Wasn't it? Yeah. So there actually yes, was a tiny bit of continuity between that one and this one. True, but even then we noticed that that scene because they had all the you know all the stuff about their um it was their big party actually sorry mm. they were the ones who were throwing it that was that was like the right. the big bash that had to be um <laughs> the society bash <laughs> yeah and and we were told that Andrea had sort of succumbed to Bruce's snobby ways and that really mm. didn't ring true uh, after what we read about her in her in her own mm. starring oh starring yeah she was. Book. She was having none of Bruce's carry on, like I think when she moved mm. there first, like she saw through him straight away. But yeah, for some reason, they yeah. just decided she's the sacrificial lamb to, to Bruce's whims for this uh, storyline. <laughs> well, Jessica, of course, is there with Sam, who praises her beauty and they have a passionate kiss. And it really is the start of the racy era because uh, we're told that um, as the kiss deepened, Jessica twined her fingers in Sam's thick, curly blonde hair, surrendering to the delicious sensation of becoming one with him in the hot summer night. Fucking hell. <laughs> I swear to God, it's a new, brave new world. Tell you. <laughs> so, incredibly annoyingly, everybody literally lists all the things that are great about Sweet Valley High and force Sam to agree with them. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Oh, unfortunately, it's Ken, actually, who tells oh, no. that. He's, he starts, like, he's waving a kind of soda around the place. He's like, oh, the greatest party ever thrown by the greatest school in the greatest town in the USA. Glad you could make it, Woodruff. And Simon's like, oh, you know, I can't take a remark like that sitting down. I'm honor bound to speak up for Bridgewater. Um, and Jess is like, oh, no, you have to acknowledge the superiority of high school. <laughs> so they just then bang on about how amazing Sweet Valley High is. And it's just like, like oh, every- lads, you're all just insufferable. <laughs> Every single one of them comes in with a line like, Sweet Valley yeah. High's the best tonight and every night. It's got the best drama club, the best cheerleaders, the best swim team. And like, oh my God, Sam, just run away. Why? Do- like, <laughs> Get out why? when you can. Save, save yourself. <laughs> Jesus. So meanwhile, um, Lila is there with this guy, Tony Alimenti, who did crop up in the Macbeth mm. book. So, yeah, uh, they, mentioned, what- they mentioned here, I think, that he played Duncan. Uh, yes. In, when they did Macbeth, yeah. Yeah, and he was mentioned in that because we were wondering, mm. like, who's this random? Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, the date isn't going well. Um, he's kind of nervous because Lila is just really kind of stiff and um, and uncomfortable. And Amy, Amy truly shows her her true colours because uh, she says to to Jessica, oh, "I wish Lila would lighten up. When's she going to get over what happened with John?" What? Well. Yeah, pretty bad. Especially considering like the timeline is so much more condensed than we always think it is. So like, yeah. is it a matter of weeks, if even like, yeah. since Don't Go Home With John? But like, yeah. actually, yeah, because it is like weeks after uh, yeah, the incident with John Pfeiffer. They kind of mentioned that, yeah, Lila yeah. is still attending private counselling sessions. But like, yeah, it's but then Jessica does kind of say, oh, you know, it was a pretty traumatic experience. But then she also says, but I agree with you. She can't mope forever. And it's like, it has literally been weeks, lads. It is no time yes. at all since this awful thing happened to her like seriously also amy i hope you don't bring that energy to your counseling at project you <laughs> fucking hell oh jesus so uh there uh then bruce has some news that sends everybody into a 
frenzy. Because oh. apparently there's going to be a raid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, again, this is just something I do not get. But yeah, apparently Big Mesa High are planning to raid the Sweet Valley Beach Party. <laughs> Yes, and uh, everyone starts planning their defence like it's the fucking siege of Stalingrad. Like they're all like, "Oh, we've got to, you know, plan our 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 line of defence." And you know, how are we going to? Uh, we need to defend some strategies," cries Bruce. Um, and uh, then they seem to sort of forget about it because not long after we skim through this, basically, Liz sees that Jessica has been dared to swim out to a boy out in the. Uh, a floating boy, not a B-O-Y. <laughs> you know, Jessica. <laughs> oh, boy, you say I'm in. <laughs> She's in the water immediately. Um, so Bruce, yes, a boy. <laughs> um, Bruce dares her to swim out to it and she strips mm. off to the sound of hoots and hollering. And um, this reminds Liz about of Club X as well. It might, but um, she's like, I thought, you know, I thought you'd gone beyond giving in to Bruce's stupid dares. Mm. But Liz shakes off her worries and uh, Jessica shakes off her, her worries and runs out into the water. And she's out there for ages. And Liz freaks out. And when she returns safely, Jessica's like, oh, come on, why are you worried about me? And Liz is annoyed by this because she does spend a lot of emotional energy worrying about Jessica. She does, yeah. And the whole time that Jessica is out there, Liz is just kind of pacing up and down the shoreline, just kind of like, oh God, where is she? Oh God, I can't see her. And even kind of everybody else at the party is kind of telling Liz to just chill out. Like, it's fine. Jessica's a really good swimmer. Like, she'll be grand. So no one's really, no one's worried. But Liz is the only one that's really kind of freaking out. So of course, when Jessica comes back and she's fine and she's really kind of flippant about Liz's worry. Yeah, Liz is just like, fuck's sake, why do I I bother? Yeah. Well, blame her in fairness. Hmm. So yeah, she vows that... uh, you know, Jessica always puts herself first and now Liz is going to do the same. So uh, meanwhile, uh, Lila is miserable and we basically find out what the pressure for them always to have fucking dates for everything leads to because she's really, ang- she's sort of miserable. She's angry. She's uncomfortable with Tony and Tony's actually completely fine. Like he seems like a nice guy. He actually does in fairness ready. Mm. Lila's no. not ready to be in a date with anyone. No, definitely not. Like, she's really tense and really not enjoying herself, but kind of just feels like she has to just kind of push through and just and have a date at this party when clearly it seems like she'd be much happier if she just got to hang out with her friends. Um, yeah, so exactly. It is ridiculous, yeah, that she's kind of in this position. But like, yeah, Tony, in fairness to him, is really trying to make her comfortable and put her at ease. But yeah. just she's like, she's not ready. So this isn't yeah. going well at all. No. Um, so, uh, like, you know, when she, she's, she, when he suggests a walk on the beach, she's like, oh, you know, he just wants to get me on, on, on his own. And when she, he does see, like, he is sensitive. He sees that she's like, she doesn't, this is freaking her out a bit. So she's like, why don't we just dance? And she actually does enjoy herself sort of grooving away. Apparently she <laughs> shakes herself all over. Quite an image. And, uh, but then the music turns to a slow dance. So she fakes a twisted ankle and she can't help as she looks at the other couple dancing. She keeps, she's really hyper aware about how all the boys could overpower the girls if they wanted to. Um, and Tony again is sweet. And, you know, they're sitting next to each other. He sort of ginger, gingerly sort of puts his arm on her shoulder, but she yells at him and he's, uh, he feels awful and he apologizes but she doesn't want to create a scene. So it's basically, Mm. as you say, she's forcing herself to go through this, but we can see in this scene that any sort of suggestion of physical 
intimacy any boy trying to touch her is is triggering for her Hmm. So, so meanwhile Bruce is dancing with Andrea who's besotted with him but Bruce is, 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 has other things on his mind and he's more cynical than we've ever seen him because we see inside the mind of Bruce Patman for the first time. Yeah, it's really weird because I had kind of started reading this and it took me a few seconds to be like, oh my God, we're actually in Bruce's like point of view. This is really weird. Um, but yeah, so he's dancing with Andrea, who, as you say, is besotted and she's just like all sighing and gazing up at him, but he's just bored completely uh, by her and by this whole party because he's just like kind of yeah he's thinking about this raid and kind of hoping that the big mesa guys don't wimp out and blow it off so he's really hoping for like some action or for something to kick off uh so he's really he's really Mm. just kind of looking for a fight really it seems like he really is and when andrea tries to get romantic uh with him he just doesn't give a shit he thinks that uh um he stifles a snicker, thinking she wouldn't be too thrilled with his true feelings about her. Which is basically, as she says, she's a way to pass the time. Yikes. And then uh, he tries to, he kisses her. And he's like, he, try, he tries to muster up some passion. But apparently it's too easy. There's no challenge. Because we find out what, uh, what Bruce wants from a relationship. And it is unsettling. Oh God. Yeah. So in his opinion, the only fun in dating was the sport of it. The more it was like a tennis match where he had to wear down his opponent through expertise and sheer force of will, the better he liked it. Like fucking yikes, Bruce. Jesus Christ. I know. So uh, she asks him out next weekend, but he brusquely rebuffs her. And when she gets hurt, he says, get with the programme, which is extremely (laughs) cheesy. But um, Andrea apologises to him and is like, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean to put pressure on you. And he thinks, ugh, she's a crying, is she? But uh, before he can rebuff her further, Big Mesa attacks! Oh my god, yeah. They hear all this yelling and like a strange wild cry further down the beach. Uh, so Bruce is only delighted. He's like, oh my god, it's them. It's Big Mesa. Uh, so Andrea's like, oh, let's stay here. Let's stay out of the way. But he's just like, yeah, whatever, dude. I'm, I'm not going to sit back and let my school get dumped on. So he's just like spoiling for a fight. Just runs off in the direction of the, the marauders. Uh, and he's raring to go. He can't wait. He really is. And um, it is quite scary. Like, you know, Liz is grabbed and dragged along the beach by some random boy. A boy grabs Lila and she screams at mm. the top of her lungs, um, which is, you know, pretty upsetting. Um, but so Bruce just wants to throw punches. But Todd and Roger suggest sort of forming a defensive wall to stop <laughs> the Big Mesa attack. Like, what? what? I imagine what Big Mesa want from this. Like, I know. Like, they do They do kind of suggest that the whole point of a raid is, like, to trash the party. And it's like, oh, okay, so this is just like a, it's just like pranky kind of bullshit where you kind of come along, wreck their food. I don't know, do you, do you steal their stuff? I don't know. But the fact that they went yeah. grabbing girls and dragging them along the beach, I was like, ah, yeah. hang on a fucking second now, lads. What the hell is this? Like, um, like yeah. take your hands off these girls fucking immediately. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the fact that they get kind of, like, hands on like that I thought was a yes. bit fucking weird um, and just kind of seems a bit more serious than just kind of like school rivalry and pranking yeah. and stuff like that so that exactly. just felt weird yeah it did I mean it was scary um, so the beach yeah. Mesa gang run off the whole thing apparently just lasted five minutes but the beach is a wreck food and clothes mm. are everywhere everything's covered in shaving cream and uh, Bruce is all worked up and he accuses uh, Hugh Grayson who of course is from 
Big Mesa, of being a spy. Mm. But the others tell him to cool it. And Todd keeps a cool, clear head and says, look, you know, we, um, it's over. We've just got to just clean up now and sort out this mess. But Jessica says, um, well, you know, because he says, the thing to do now is clean up. And Jessica says, and start planning our revenge. And then they <laughs> all go fucking Lord of the Flies. <laughs> yeah, Bruce is like, that's right. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. We can't take this lying down, can agreed. And then Amy's like, Big Mesa is not the top school in Southern California. <laughs> Sweet Valley High. It's like, oh, shut up. You're all idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Liz shivers at this, uh, this mm. lust for vengeance. But of course, after they clean up, they just head to the Dairy Burger, which seems quite an empty climax. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jessica's like I hope the big Mesa gang are there so she can like get a few kicks in Amy says by the way oh I'll never get this shaving stuff out of my hair I mean shaving foam literally washes out Amy that is the point of it it's not like <laughs> this is not glue or paint or anything this is mm. something that people use you know in a bathroom that gets washed away <laughs> <It'd be> okay um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they discuss all the various sports rivalries with Big Mesa and uh, Jessica remembers the time the Big Mesa girls, because apparently it extends to the cheerleaders, the uh, the Big Mesa girls uh, stuck their hands to their pom-poms with super glue, which is actually quite serious because that would like rip the skin off your hands. Oh, I know, but it's like it's guaranteed every time you use super glue that you're going to glue your fingers together. Like that's just what happens. Um, True. And yeah, like it, it takes a while to unstick that stuff. So yeah, they actually had pom-poms like glued to their hands which ow not good yeah, but also it would look hilarious yeah, um, it would be pretty funny yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah there's a few more matches coming up so of course that'll be in and you know athletics meet so that'll be an opportunity to trent mm. big mesa and uh, liz reveals that big mesa's paper the bullseye recently mocked the oracle now based on what we've seen by their trash talking um i can only imagine what it's, well, what we will see if they're trash talking i can only imagine what it's like um so yeah apparently they said we were crummy paper with lousy writers and editors and photographers like big, i don't know what's in the water with big mesa because <laughs> you're very odd very strange <laughs> so uh, anyway liz says that you know the oracle is going to stoop to their level and um meanwhile Edith is just kind of sitting there because this is really awkward for her for her but of course jessica thinks that liz being a whip not as she sees it um it's not liz and todd sort of rising above it's them just being too cowardly to fight back hmm. So uh, Sam and Todd try to make peace. So they change the subject. They ask about the prom and the twins finally reveal the jungle prom idea and everybody drinks to it. And Jessica says, and here, and to revenge, which doesn't kind of <laughs> like that. That's what she means. <laughs> I mean, those are the main plot points of this book is jungle prom and revenge. So she kind of summed it up quite nicely there, really. It's <laughs> true, actually. Fair enough. Well done, Jessica. <laughs> so out in the parking lot Bruce is leaning against one Bruce one with his gang of goons and it's basically Club X is back together oh fuck yeah um, this is the thing like fucking Charlie Cashman is back in the mix I for some ju- godforsaken oh. reason um, yeah I, it's like it's it's ugh. him it's I know like grim uh, Michael Harris is there and yeah it is basically the Club X guys isn't it like Jim Sturbridge yeah. and was Tad Johnson uh, mm. who's like the linebacker and Ronnie, it's basically the dregs of Sweet Valley High. It's like the guys that nobody fucking likes anymore are the guys that are rallying around Bruce now because they're they're kind of as as 
you know fucking het up as Bruce is about this and as as thirsty mm. for revenge and want to like mm. be proactive about it and do something so there's kind of those guys but then Winston and possibly Ken I think are Ro- kind of milling no, around Roger. as well Oh, it's, it's Roger. Roger. Sorry, yeah. yeah, and they're they're not really on board with all of this. They're just like, look, oh, no. you know, this is getting out of hand already. It's fine. We don't need to. You know, we can just rise above it. We can let this stuff slide. It'll cool off. Why make things worse? Um, but Bruce just kind of calls them wimps and says, look, you can go inside yeah. with the girls if that's what you really think. All this kind of macho bullshit. Um, yeah. so I think Roger and Winston just head back inside because they're just like, yeah, we're just not going to listen to this. <laughs> so he really yeah. is just Bruce left with the absolute worst of the school. Yes true uh, and they all vow allegiance to him basically which is quite terrifying like he's some sort of <laughs> local warlord um because they're like we're with you we they swore um by the way we're also told that charlie cashman is apparently the unofficial junior class bully like does that that implies the existence of an official one like is that how it <laughs> designated school bully but in fact yeah. if anything I would say it's pretty fucking official considering the fact that he's a fucking you know the guy that does the hate crimes in Sweet Valley High so why is he this, even here this is the thing that like for all they made a fuss about you know oh is being ostracized would be punishment enough he wasn't ostracized no I mean the fact that anybody is even deigning to hang out with them, let alone sort of supposedly popular people by the way for somebody supposedly super popular like Bruce is he hangs out with a bunch of losers. That's the thing. These guys are the literal fucking dregs. Like, they're just yeah. the absolute worst. The people that no one really fucking hangs out with and they're only ever brought up in a very tertiary kind of sense as, oh, these these guys are expendable. We don't care about yes. these lads kind of thing. Like, so it's just, ugh, it's it's a grim little uh, little club he's got going on there now. It truly is. Well, Lila drives away with Tony and she sees the goons gathering Um. And uh, yeah, he drops her home and he's sweet and he's like, I hope you, you know, you weren't, I know that must have been upsetting. Um, so when he leaves her to the door, he he almost like he, he isn't really making a move. He's going to kiss her cheek, but she sort mm. of flings herself backwards and he's like, oh shit, sorry, sorry, sorry. But she slams her the door in his face and she's in a state and she thinks to herself that, you know, Tony was being sneaky. He was pretending to be nice and then he was pouncing on her and... Um, there's no one at home and we learned that she never uh, told her dad about everything that happened to John Pfeiffer which is another reason why adults should have been involved in this whole thing honestly like because fucking hell the fact that she's like yeah in counselling but her dad doesn't know like it's Uh, mad but don't the teachers in Sweet Valley know like didn't well they didn't in school seem to know yeah so how how did the teachers not know how was George Fowler not called in by somebody like or it's yeah it's wild that uh, that he doesn't know anything about it but mm. yeah Lila apparently is just on her own completely and yeah inexplicably her dad doesn't know so he's off on a business trip you know as yeah. if everything is normal so she really is just completely alone now in the house and doesn't really have anybody to talk to about it it seems like other than her counsellor. Yeah so she does have a little ponder of because uh, she feels like she has no parents, but then she uh, she mem- remembers uh, the story that she's been told over and over the um over the through the years about a young mother abandoning her husband and baby, running off to Europe, and never once seeking to contact, to know, to love the little girl she'd left behind. I f- I feel that that mother might be making a return later <laughs> on in this miniseries. <laughs> Indeed, yes, but poor Lila, like it really is very sad like and it's it is. it is kind of it's unusual but it's good I suppose that they actually are showing 
actual like long-term consequences for yeah. horrible shit that happens to people because as we know the Wakefields are fucking immune to PTSD but Lila <laughs> is still dealing with this awful thing that happened to her so it is you know not that realistic is something you throw around very much when it comes to this yeah. series but you know you kind of have to to give them that at least that this is a more realistic take on on this type of situation I guess. True. Emotionally, anyway. Hmm. Yeah. So, meanwhile, skim through this. Liz and Todd are at Miller's point. He assures her <laughs> that the war with Big Mesa is over. And they gaze in awe at Sweet Valley and how beautiful it is. And all this <laughs> tension melts away. And she thinks that her life is literally perfect. She thinks, who could dream of a better life than this? I mean, um, Cheryl, everyone, probably. Everyone who read your diary and Cheryl, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we cut to Tuesday and Liz tells Olivia and Penny that Chrome Dome is officially approved, the Jungle Prom and Environmental Action are officially involved. So, yeah, they're going to provide posters, T-shirts, etc. And Sweet Valley mm. High will donate the proceeds to the organisation. So already she's done a bit of work. Mm. Um, and it's going to be in two weeks from Saturday. That's quite quick. It does seem like a fast turnaround. But then again, they also managed to stage Macbeth in like two weeks as well. So they are very industrious when they put their minds to it. I mean, I guess they can't spend all their time doing cardio funk classes. So, uh... <laughs> oh, sorry. I think cardio funk might be just uh, a reference to the to the TV series. So, um, oh, yeah. sorry so softball for games. Not... Yeah, softball <laughs> games. Um, doesn't the prospect of uh, cardio funk want you to make you want to listen to uh, Pi Beta Alpha, <laughs> our special mini series, special uh, bonus series? Um, but uh, yeah, the part that's probably two weeks from Saturday, and all her pals praise Elizabeth, but she does credit co-creator Jessica until they remind her that she has done all the practical work. And uh, Jessica assures them why the Jessica will pull her weight as the co-chair of the prom committee. I mean. Why mm. do you think this? Based on what? <laughs> also, I know, the, the, it's... Oh, they just, these kids they love, up there... They're, they're, they're mad about admin and bureaucracy yes. and they just they love a committee more than anything, really, don't they? <laughs> they really do. And uh, they um, they have to explain the rules to Cheryl of the, like, prom... It's a weird sort of democratic monarchy because they do vote for their king and queen. Well, of course, yes. Uh, how you know? Otherwise, I guess it wouldn't be a prom. Um, mm. But yeah, they because Cheryl, of course, explains that they didn't have proms at her old school because you know she comes from normal world. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Olivia kind of runs through it with her, and they kind of explain the different ways you can vote for a, a king and queen. So I don't know. They kind of decide what way to do it because you can either like nominate people and then they campaign for it or just on the night you hand out ballots and people just vote for whoever they want and obviously whoever yeah. gets the most votes wins so there's kind of different kind of build-ups to it I guess more so than the actual voting process really yes and uh, Liz finds herself fantasizing about winning that that vote and she blushes to herself because it's so out of character for her to want such <laughs> trivial things mm. um so she thinks she should nominate Jessica because Jessica's always, you know, queen of the, like, wicker man or whatever they've got to put on this week. But, um... May queen, fall queen, you know, all yeah. those normal things. Whatever they're sacrificing to the old gods this week, hmm. Jessica will be there. Um, yeah. But uh, then she, Jess, Liz thinks again and she remembers her vow from the other night because, um, you know, she vowed to put herself first and now the others are all saying, look, you'd be perfect for it. You're actually doing all the work on this prom. She wonders if they're right. Hmm. <laughs> Later, 
Lila arrives in the Lime Green Triumph at Project Youth, where she's got an appointment with Nathan Pritchard. Mm, yes, this is her counsellor. Uh, and apparently he's also like a part-time guidance counsellor, I think, at school. Um, I missed that when I was reading it first. Mm. And I was like, why does later in the book, them keep, you know, they keep <laughs> saying like, oh, I've seen him around school. I was like, what is he doing? He <laughs> is dodgy. And then when I went back to do the notes, I was like, oh, shit. OK, sorry, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, no, they do actually establish the fact that he, he has a, a reason to be at the school. <laughs> so it's OK. He's above board. <laughs> And actually, he is really nice, and he he's um and he's professional. Like he gives mm. just the right amount of personal information. He talks about his dog, but he you know he's mm. he's he's creating a rapport. Yes. Uh, his dog is named JD after Salinger, and, and Lila starts to say how she likes the catcher in the rhyme, but then she stops herself because she doesn't want to be like, you know, showing too much of her of her feelings to this um to to this counselor. So um. Yeah, she's she's she he Nathan encourages her to examine what happened at the beach party, and uh, he actually seems pretty good because even when he says like he says not all guys, but in this case it's actually for us for a useful purpose. It's sort of helping Lila define her boundaries and consent hmm. and know when to say no and. Uh, uh, frankly, stuff that all the rest of the girls we probably should have been and boys should have been hearing quite some time ago. Oh, I know it's <laughs> it's weird to hear them say it out loud, but yes, boundaries and communication, all those things that they're all really fucking bad at. Um, but yeah, as you say, he is professional and he is very reasonable as well, and like has very good points to make. So, but I guess Lila is kind of resistant to this whole thing anyway, and the whole idea of counselling. She's kind of like, oh, I don't need this, but yeah. also. You know, she does find herself kind of relaxing a bit every so often. But yeah, and she does feel a bit better, I think, having talked to him or even just talking through kind of what happened at the beach party and talking through her, yeah. kind of, you know, how she was feeling around Tony and everything. Um, so, you know, he's very understanding and he, he does seem to yeah. be good good at his job, at least. So, it's, you know, it's nice yeah. that someone who's even vaguely an adult <laughs> is good at what they're doing. And clearly some professional qualifications, unlike the rest of the counsellors in Project Two, they're four <laughs> mm-hmm. hours of yeah. um, <laughs> of uh, alleged training and like he does by the way he reminds her that she's still recovering like he's not putting yes. her under any because she's sort of like I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and he's like well yeah. no you're, you know you're not this is going to take a while and you've got to do the work um, so she's clearly getting something out of it so at Sweet Valley High Liz takes a moment to perv on Todd in the parking lot and again <laughs> the ghostwriter of the new era makes their flirting you know a bit steamier than usual that's true yeah like they are they're less annoying i feel like yes, slightly anyway they are. I, mean, <laughs> or just, I mean even the know, flirting the, is less annoying this is the thing the banter is a bit less cringy a bit you know it's still kind of but uh oh yeah but yeah, yeah they, they, they're kind of talking about um oh god how come every time I kiss you feels like the first time and like oh but it is great I could do this all day why don't we get in the car and Liz is like oh it's a little early for a drive to Miller's Point Um, and you know it's kind of charming which is unlike them let's be real yeah well that's the thing I think and actually Todd is quite likeable in this book I have Mm. to say Um, yeah he's he's, yeah he's kind of a voice of reason but like in a very sensible way that isn't you know annoying (laughs) (laughs) true so um yeah, uh, they um, they go to Casey's and Liz tells them all about the, the prom meeting, which, again, collects uh, some classic characters, all the usual mm. gang, plus Annie, Tony, Jade Wu, David Prentice, Melanie Foreman. 
So that's uh, who is she? She's not the whale girl, is she? No, that was Mandy Farmer, wasn't it? Oh, Mandy Farmer. It was. <laughs> yeah, again, you know. She might have come back for one last who knows? Who fucking knows? Like, Melanie Farmer is a name I don't really remember. But again, this is someone that could have been mentioned four books ago and we just glossed over it. So there's just, mm. there's no way to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Todd has to spend all his time preparing to be- beat Big Mesa on the basketball court. Or of course, he'd be at the committee too because he couldn't, <laughs> who couldn't, who would say no to more admin? <laughs> who could resist? <laughs> so Liz reveals her pla- that her pals want her to be the queen and Todd agrees with them. And she reveals her vow to assert herself more. And Todd is like, well, yeah, I mean, pretty much about time. So mm. he says if she wants to go for queen, he'll be right at her side. Oh. So later, Lila tells her pals and Robin, who's with them for some reason, even though I don't think she particularly likes any of them, um, <laughs> that uh, she kind of plays down her counselling. She's like, oh, yeah, it's just it's fine. It's just mediocre. And um, she she says that uh, Nathan thinks she's just exaggerating, um, you know, uh, about her um, her various uh, um like he doesn't take her seriously he told he thought yeah. she was exaggerating about how tony behaved on saturday night which he didn't really say that he just sort of encouraged her to question it but she's clearly hmm. twisting this in her mind yeah and jessica's like hmm, i wonder you know who's right you know because she could obviously tell that lila is there's still a lot going on with lila yeah and amy asks jessica why she's not at the prom meeting and jessica this is like the start jessica is so so awful throughout this book um because she's like oh yeah i came up with the idea liz my work is done liz is better at organizing we make a perfect team <laughs> that's it she's like yeah i'll just leave it to her that's you know that's that's why we're such a good team it's like because i do fuck all work um <laughs> like it is very shitty of her because she is going around acting really affronted if people point out how much work liz has done like all the way through this book which she has but jessica's like yeah but i thought of it and it's like well really you thought of getting environmental alert involved, yeah, but the actual jungle prom thing was actually Liz's idea and yeah. she is the one doing all the fucking practical work on this. But yeah, um, she kind of starts going on then about um, how, oh yeah, is it Amy asks, like, what about people who go out with, with yeah. big Mesa students? Because Jess is like, there should be no big Mesa students allowed at this prom. Um but Jess is just like, uh, she doesn't want any big Mesa people. She's like, no, no exceptions. She's like, the prom committee co-chair has spoken, like having not attended a single meeting. <laughs> yes, so she's just exactly. making declarations as the queen of Sweet Valley. <laughs> well, Wobble wonders who the queen will be. And Jessica is peeved that she even asks, because of course she takes for granted that she will wane. <laughs> and she she waits for Lila to challenge her. But apparently the uh, old Lila is missing in action these days. Oh, Um but then she basically says that any opponents uh, of her campaign will rue the day. Jesus. She's <laughs> terrifying. Oh, God. So scary. <laughs> so the next day, Liz gets uh, a call from Larry Logan. <laughs> My brain thought Larry Gogan. But no. Logan every time. <laughs> I kept having to correct myself as I was reading this. But yes, for those who don't know, Larry Gogan was a beloved DJ in Ireland who reigned the airwaves uh, for years on end. But uh, yeah, so it just it's very close to Larry Gogan. But it is, in fact, Larry Logan from Environmental it- Alert that's on the phone. <laughs> yes. And uh, he's got news. 
Oh my god, this is so stupid. So they want to offer a a position, basically, uh, of a a trip to Brazil um, for as a sort of environmental ambassador, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's an all expenses paid trip to Brazil, sponsored by travel agent Dream Destinations, (laughs) and uh, the whoever wins this prize will represent environmental action at high profile events around California. You know, giving speeches. So this is basically it's all made for Liz. Mm. And uh, Larry reveals thought they should just give it to Liz because she's shown her interest. She's the person who contacted them, uh, contacted them, and uh, the 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 other side said, "No, it should be more democratic." So how the fuck did they think they should choose it? Can you reveal what they thought would be the fair and democratic way to pick a student representative of a a serious environmental organisation who will have to give speeches and do a lot of hard work? (laughs) Well, as as Larry reveals, since you mentioned you're going to elect a prom queen and king, and Liz is like, yes. uh, Yeah, he says that he thinks the prom queen should get the trip and be the spokesperson. So... That's how they're going to decide who wins this trip to Brazil and position as like, as you say, an environmental ambassador, which seems like quite a serious role with a lot of, you know, speeches to give and, and things to to go and do. Like, it's not like, a oh, we're messing around in Brazil for a week. It's very much uh, a serious position for a charity that's doing important work. But yeah, that's how they're going to decide who wins this grand prize. Yeah, uh, he says that you know when I was at school, the uh, the 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 getting the uh, the the prom queen wasn't the um, was it wasn't just a popularity and beauty contest. It was the girl who had the most school spirit, the head cheerleader, the president of the school student body, what have you. I mean that that says nothing about their commitment to environmental cause. But also, it fucking is a popularity and beauty contest. Like and that is what we see. Isn't the whole point of being head cheerleader that you're popular and hot? Like, I mean, have I just misunderstood years of American culture? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> so Liz says, oh, yes, yes, it's the same here at Sweet Valley. It's not just a popularity and beauty contest, which is why the, oh I mean, if anybody wasn't like a perfect size six was ever allowed fucking in the doors, they, you know, that's why they're always being voted for full princess or whatever. So, no. yeah. <laughs> the thing like that being at sweet valley high is a fucking popularity and beauty contest so it's just (laughs) wild that they're acting like everyone's very democratic and fair when as you say anyone other than who's anything bigger than a size six has basically been bullied into losing that weight like is wild accusations to be throwing around honestly well liz of course is thrilled by this news and she tells jessica and lila who are both in the casa at the same time and she's like right now i have to go for this queen position so she rushes off and jessica lets her her fantasies go wild and again like she's so shit because she basically thinks brazil is one big club med she plans, plans to just go there and frolic with a sun-bronzed, I'm quoting, a sun-bronzed South American hunk. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what you think your mission as an environmental, you know, ambassador will be. Hmm. That's that's the Jessica way of doing things, yes. <laughs> so yeah, she thinks it's just going to be a jolly. And uh, she accuses Downer Lila of being jealous because Je- Lila's just like, you know, there isn't going to be sun and fun. True. Mm. Um, Jessica, or sorry, Liz said the winner was going to have to be a spokesperson, but um, we're told Jessica brushed this consideration aside. There was simply no way she intended to waste her time on such boring stuff. I'll find a way to get out of that part of it, she said carelessly. All I want is the trip. <laughs> Seriously? 
She's such a bitch. But yeah, she's just like completely set on this idea of just going to Brazil to party for the entire trip. Because uh, she's like, oh, I should go shopping. I'm going to need new bathing suits and a beach cover up and a new dress and sandals. And then Lila's like, yeah, don't forget a jungle proof khaki safari suit and one of those helmets with the netting hanging off. <laughs> because it's like you'll be in a rainforest. So good luck. <laughs> And yeah, Lila says she, because Jessica accuses her of being jealous and Lila's like, uh, I have, who wants to tramp around in muddy, smelly old rainforests? Jessica frowned, Brazil has rainforests? That was news to her. And Lila is amazed at her friend's ignorance and so am I. Honestly, it's ridiculous. Like, because Jessica isn't a dumbass. Like, she is meant to be smart. So this is very strange. (laughs) Well, um... Jessica, uh, Jessica then fantasizes out loud about what she could do because it's absolutely insane. It's like you know they probably want me to have a chaperone, but maybe I could tell mom and dad they'd be chaperoned like on a dating game where the couple goes on a cruise. And she thinks that Lila is asleep because Lila's eyes are closed. So... <laughs> 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 we don't, Je- <laughs> Jessica. No, <laughs> oh, get it out. You can do it. I can, I can. Jessica went on fantasizing, but in a lower voice, out of respect to Lila's snoozing. (laughs) She whispers, This will be the biggest best prom ever held at Sweet Valley High. And the vote from Queen is going to be the most important person in Sweet Valley. <laughs> Jessica Wakefield, <laughs> Queen of the Jungle Prom. I love it. She is literally just banging on to herself <laughs> while Lila is literally sat beside her. And it's just like, as you say, her just like whispering dementedly to herself uh, while she's doing all this. And then we kind of flick to Lila's point oh of view. God. It's like, Lila opened one eye and peeked at Jessica, who was now sunbathing peacefully. Thank heavens she finally shut up, Lila. <laughs> all that, hi, I'm Jessica, queen of the jungle prom stuff, was just too much. Completely immature, not to mention just plain nauseating. <laughs> Maybe not wrong, Lila, but it is also completely hilarious. Oh, she's fully deranged, but it's just so funny to have someone sitting uh-huh. beside her thinking what we all think, which is this bitch, will she ever shut up? <laughs> <laughs> also, I love that like Jessica still can't keep her fantasies to herself, even when there's somebody else there. But she will know her voice, so she can whisper oh, yeah. like, "Ah, the lady she, Jessica." She has respect for snoozing, you know, but she still has to get these words out one way or another. She will simply explode. <laughs> it's also the phrase "out of respect for lifeless snoozing." <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, Lila ponders going home to her lonely mansion, her gilded cage. And then Alice comes in looking amazing and being an adoring mother, asking Jessica how her day was, listening to her blathering on, which is, as as Lila thinks, even more saintly. Um, And she offers to make Jessica's fave dinner and she invites Lila to stay. But Lila, even though she's tempted for a moment to be, to, to pretend that she's part of this perfect family life, she she makes her excuses and when Alice goes, Jessica says, Mums are great, aren't they? Just showing how fucking clueless she is. Jesus, what a stupid fucking thing to say to Lila, like honestly. <laughs> and Lila bitterly says, I wouldn't know. Oh. I'm like, it's not wrong. No. So we cut to Friday and Jessica is, or sorry, Liz, what am I saying? Liz is presiding over a prom meeting. Of course, Jessica isn't there. But uh, there's lots of admin. They're hiring a reggae band. 
Island Sunsplash. Ooh. Not, not the droids or a jazz band. Interesting. Um, <laughs> it is a departure from them, considering how much they love smooth jazz, but I guess jazz doesn't go with a jungle prom theme. No. They're making jungle animal cutouts. One of them are gorillas. They're not set. Like, where is this jungle meant to be? Is it a rainforest? <laughs> is it South America? Is it like. Uh, they've got a Caribbean band. They've got gorillas, mm-hmm. which are not found in South America. Um. And then they have a Brazilian sort of connection and a rainforest theme. So I just mm. do not know what the... Oh, no, I guess they're, we should... they're truly all over the map. I think there's a lion cutout as well mentioned at some point. And it's just like, is. where is this jungle? <laughs> is it just... It's a very broad and vague interpretation of a jungle. Oh, there's theme. tigers. There's tigers in it too. They're really crossing <laughs> the continents. So apparently the the prom queen will have flower, will have a flower crown and the king will have a crown of vines. It's all very uh, you know old gods um, <laughs> like it's like uh, I don't know I can imagine our ancestors doing such a thing before they like sealed somebody up in a passage grave or something like that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know your usual wholesome high school activities. <laughs> yeah, sacrificing somebody to the old gods. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. So they vote on formal or jungle garb, but Bill is not happy with the results. And uh, does it spoil an outfit to say why? Oh, uh, oh, wait, where was that now? <laughs> oh, yes, Bill. No, do you know what? There's actually fucking piles of outfits. So I'm going to say, uh, yeah, because Bill is on team Tarzan and Jane outfits because he reveals he's got a pair of bright orange surf trunks that he's happy to paint black, paint with black tiger stripes. And he'll be all set. <laughs> he sure will. It'd be quite the sight. So, of course, Liz gives herself even more work because she's got to produce a mini yearbook for the prom. I mean, why? But I mean, they all love it. I mean, it's a cute idea, even though it's adding way more work to it for her. So much work, like, yeah. There's only a week to go now. It's Friday. Like, it's tomorrow week. She's like, oh, I'll just put together an entire publication and get it printed. (laughs) But. Anyway, they all understand to me after all the work she's doing. They all want uh, Liz to be queen and she's uh, liking her chances. It's looking good. Mm. Um, she does, she, does she ever actually just say, yeah, actually, I would quite like to be prom queen? Because she does do this very kind of false modesty thing, I feel like, for a lot of it, where she's like, oh, me? Oh, no. But she does want it, but doesn't ever really just come out and fucking say it. Well, she does say, I haven't won yet. Don't take yourself mm. out of the winning girls to Penny and, and Annie and Patty. Um, so, uh, like, literally, Penny says, I mean, I'd love to win a Dream Destinations trip to Brazil. Who wouldn't? But none of us can compete with you, Liz. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> so they do know she's going for it. Okay. She yeah. has. I guess she must have said it at some stage. Um, at the end of the school day, Je- Liz finds Jessica, tells her about the meeting, with Jes- which Jessica blithely admits she forgot about. And then Jessica gaslights her. She's oh God. so awful. Yeah, she was it this bit. Oh yeah, where Liz kind of says that they're going to do a prom mini yearbook. Yeah, uh, and Jessica's like, "What do you mean your idea for a prom mini yearbook? That was my idea." And Liz has kind of kind of had enough of Jessica at this stage, and she's like, uh, "No, it came to me today, and never even talked to you about it." And Jessica just starts laughing, and she's like, oh, "Get a grip, Liz. I was just kidding." Um, oh it's God. like, "What are you doing? Because you're already bailing on any." anything resembling work for this fucking prom so like of course she's getting annoyed with you um mm. but yeah like she's just she's the worst she she's also just like oh so is there anything else i should know about she's like she figured it didn't hurt to be up to date in case any of her schoolmates came to her as prom <gasps> committee co-chair for information having not done a single fucking tap uh oh so when elizabeth reveals that they, they voted on a dress code 
then Jessica has the cheek to get all annoyed. And she's like, oh, you voted, even though I wasn't there. It's like you were told when the meeting was going to be, you chose not to attend. <laughs> like, if you're not there when these things come up, what are we supposed to do about it? And Jessica's like, oh, you're so sneaky. I can't believe you pushed this through on purpose when I wasn't around. And I bet you didn't even speak up from my side of it. You know, this prom was my idea too, Liz. Like, she doesn't have a leg to stand no! on. And Liz counters very reasonably, if you want to speak up for your ideas, why don't you come to the meetings? It's like, yes. Jessica bit her lip. It was tough. Elizabeth had made a good point. <laughs> yeah, she did. A very <laughs> obvious one, too, I might add. <laughs> so, uh, late, I guess at the same time, Andrea, who really has turned into a total fucking sap, uh, and mm. is wearing a very non-1993 outfit. This feels very 80s to me. Very, um, yes. 1993 is a is like, everybody's wearing check shirts and flowery dresses and docks. They're not <laughs> wearing this, which we will hear a little bit later. Um, <laughs> but she finds Bruce at his locker and she asks him to a posh dinner. And um, oh, he's basically almost... And I guess we do find out like he is full of torment, but he's kind of almost he's doing that thing where people are such a dick to somebody. So they will finally reject them, you know, because mm. he's like he, he te- basically says, oh, I'll call you if nothing better comes up and basically thinks, well, she'll have to tell me to fuck off now. Um, but she doesn't. She's got oh. for punishment. This is the thing. Andrea is so meek and such a doormat in this book. And it's it's really a disservice to her character because she's not like this in Rockstar's Girl at all. Um, Because she does just take this and she's just like, her voice is small and she kind of says, okay, call me if you get the chance. I'll probably be around. And Bruce just walks off and thinks, God, that is pathetic. That girl gives new meaning to the word doormat. And then goes, still, he'd probably call her. It was kind of fun stringing her along. And it's like, yes, he is treating her terribly, but he's also nearly willing her to tell him to fuck off. And she yeah. won't. So it's just like, come on, someone fucking he, pull the plug on this, please. Yeah, because he actually thinks when he says, like, oh, I'll call you if nothing better comes up, he says, this had to be it. This time, she mm. tell him to take a hike. How much abuse could a person tolerate? So it's pretty grim. Mm. But, you know, Bruce is clearly just like, his, uh, he's, we we will find that he is is almost you know he's goading the world to give him what he mm. really deserves, which is uh, mm. kick up the arse. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes outside and he finds the big Mesa have made another attack. Oh my god! And of all the things to attack, it's <gasps> the iconic one. Bruce one itself has been fucking vandalized. Oh my god! So. In <laughs> in white shaving cream, somebody has written SVH wimp on his car. Herman, oh, <laughs> <with> my pills. <laughs> but then he looks around and sees that loads of the cars in the uh, the car park have been trashed. So apparently, the windows of the Wakefield uh, Jeep has been obscured by a snowfall of shaving cream. Lila's iconic lime green triumph <gasps> has been declared the property of an SVH bimbo. Not the triumph. Honestly, just where, where was Todd's BMW proclaimed SVH loser? Big Mesa rules. That's a lot of text to get on a car when you're just using yeah. shaving cream to actually spray letters. In a way, I'm kind of impressed by that, to be honest. Yeah. And they're all drawing bulls on the, uh, you know, with shaving foam on them, which is, of course, the symbol of Big Mesa. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that we get, uh, we hear a girl's voice cried, my car! Um, <laughs> what the? Which reminds me of the work that the extras do in the TV series because they love having extras go like, Jessica's the best! And stuff in the background. 
<laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> so uh, Todd vows to take revenge on the basketball court. And uh, Bruce then strips off his clothes to clean his windshields. Like, you could use the windshield wipers first, Bruce, but no. No, that's it. Like, literally whipping off his T-shirt Bruce used to rub the shaving cream. And it's like, oh, fuck, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then hilariously oh my god I love their trash talking because it's always so dorky and feeble so uh, a blue pickup screeches into the parking lot at top speed and uh, they're all hanging out the windows with bullhorns and somebody says Big Mason Woods and Sweet Valley High Cowers we're going to beat the shorts off you again at the next basketball game so long losers that's very long like <laughs> It's a lot to shout through a bullhorn as you're racing past. Like all they caught of that probably was beat the shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so the sweet, uh, the pickup roars off, leaving, we're told, the Sweet Valley High students speechless with fury and possessed by a desire for revenge. <laughs> oh my God, it's getting real, you guys. <laughs> So me while well, this is happening, Liz is dropping by the Oracle um to uh, collect a notebook with Enid, and the gang is truly all there. Oh my god, including gang members I've completely fucking forgotten about. <laughs> because yeah, like truly, it's like a, a roll call <laughs> when they walk into the office. We've got Tina, Penny's younger sister, Alan Walters, Jeffrey yeah. French. <laughs> oh, poor Jeffrey lives. He's back. Abby Richardson, uh, who's creating layout problems. Yeah, she created, yeah. And the newspaper's humor cartoon, Jenny. Remember, there was a whole book about that. Where it was like, she, I can't remember. she did that as her, um, she like she she sort of expressed her sorrows with this or their frustrations with life with this sort of amusing allegedly but it never sounded very amusing um like cartoon strip about an ordinary teenage girl called jenny and i can't remember what book it was i genuinely completely forgot all about that and i was reading this going what is is this what is this cartoon strip i'm gonna look up sweet valley high abby which book? Abby Richardson in Pretenses. She oh, was oh that was um, that was a, a Stephen and Cara book, wasn't it? She is a talented cartoonist who's oh, it's the one where they have to. Um, uh, it's the one where they have a competition to get a new slot in the Oracle, and she wants to submit. This is from a Sweet Valley High wiki page. She was a talented <laughs> cartoonist and planned on submitting her cartoon called Jenny in the paper. She was up against snotty Amy Sutton, who wanted to put in a dating advice uh, column. She ran afoul of Karen Walker, who thought she was interested in Stephen Wakefield, but she won the Oracle contest and became the paper's new staff ca- cartoonist. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, wow. she was in, so it was Pretenses in number 44. Wow. She was well, described then, as having. <gasps> so she just disappeared for like 50 books. <laughs> but also, I do remember this. She was described as having once been a close friend of Jessica and Lila. But when she began dating a young man from Big Mesa, she dropped off the SVH radar. And when they broke up, she, and I do remember that. It was like, oh, suddenly she's hanging around. And where has she been for the, you know. Oh. That was part of the story. So huh. I can't, they, they really are, I think, doing a sort of a victory lap in A Night to Remember, <laughs> where they're like, oh, oh, you thought we forgot about her? No. 
I'm more like, you forgot about her, but we didn't. <laughs> it's 60 books later, but she's back. And you know who else is back? It's Mr. Collins. Hey, his bright blue eyes are crinkling and all is right with the world. <laughs> Hooray. He's Elizabeth's favourite teacher. And of course, he praises her stupid personal profiles, Collie. Um, and uh, there's no one who's praise meant more to her, so she can't help beaming. Um, that's kind of it for Mr. Collins for this book, sadly. But uh, mm. Penny says that Liz has got mail. And it's from Big Mesa? <gasps> My goodness, yes. It's a, a copy of their school paper, The Bullseye. And apparently this is the second time now that somebody's sent them a copy. The last time there was a mean cartoon about the Oracle. So she wonders mm. now what the story is. Uh, so <laughs> she pulls it out and finds a headline splashed across the front page that says, Bulls prepare to bulldoze gladiators in upcoming series of sports competitions. Like again, very wordy for a headline, but okay Oh guys. my God. <laughs> so yeah, the story kind of goes on to just say how the big Mesa athletes are all honing their skills. Um... Easy victories are expected across the board as we confront some of the weakest SVH teams in recent memory. And everyone's kind of disgusted by this. Uh, And Liz kind of continues reading it. And apparently they say, especially pathetic this year is the boys varsity basketball team. Despite his height, SVH team captain Todd Wilkins came up short in our last matchup. His teammates call him Wizard. We suggest Whimper might be a more appropriate sobriquet. (laughs) Oh, oh, do you now? (laughs) Sobriquet, eh? Someone's got their fucking thesaurus <laughs> Well, Jeffrey is enraged on behalf of the team because I guess he is on the football team. So like the hmm. soccer team. So yes. uh, he's not. I was thinking initially, like, that's very noble of you, Jeffrey, being uh, hmm. in defense of the, the boy who stole your true love, allegedly. Um, oh. So he wants revenge. And Penny's like, I'll write an editorial. Abby says, I'll write a cartoon. But Liz <laughs> doesn't want to sink to their level. And uh, Mr. Collins says it's up to them. Yeah, because they kind of look to him, I suppose, when they're kind of not able to agree on an approach. Uh, So he just says, you know, I've always trusted you folks to make your own policies and set your own standards. So he says the decision on how to respond to this or not lies with you. Mm. So he's staying out of it, basically, and just saying, look, whatever, whatever you guys want to do, this is your call. Yeah. And Penny basically says, "Okay, look, we don't want to escalate things further. I think we should just ignore it. And Enid is freaked out um, that she'll become a target with all this tension because going out with Hugh and Liz tries to reassure Mm. her, but she wishes that she could because she knows that Enid's fears are justified. Mm. So meanwhile, Lila arrives at Project U and Nathan, uh, you know, again, he's... um, he calls her like, hey, lie, which is what her friends call her. And um, she likes, she realizes she likes this. And then he says, this is the thing. He is really, he is really professional and nice. Because hmm. he says, look, I noticed you've been avoiding me at school. And like, maybe, you know, you'd prefer another counselor. We've got some really good younger female, like young female counselors. You might like, if you want somebody you know, basically, if you're not comfortable being in a room with a man yeah. and maybe you'd be more comfortable with them, you know, it's all completely up to you. Just, you know, we're here to help you, basically. Um, so this is the thing. They make it very clear from the start. He is not an inappropriate mm. counsellor. Yeah, this is like he is very good. And he's yeah, as you say, he, he approaches this very carefully as well with mm. Lila. Um, but unfortunately, uh, she reacts. Yeah, like very kind of not very well at all to this. Um, yeah. She kind of starts feeling like she's been tossed over the side of a boat into a stormy sea. She kind of feels like he's deserting her. Um, she goes, oh my God, he's abandoning me. How come the people I rely on never stay around? And her eyes start to blur Aww. with tears. And she really takes it hard. But of course, he doesn't mean it like that at all. It's just like to 
whatever would suit her better and if yeah. this is something she'd be more comfortable with so he realizes now that she's kind of panicking and says look this is just a suggestion I'll stick with you if you'll stick with me and tries to reassure her that look we are just here to help you and yeah. you know I'm, I'm not trying to abandon you or fucking kick you out or anything like that it's just whatever you're comfortable with yeah. um so she kind of uh she's a bit reassured by that and kind of says yeah I'll stick with you she says you know I guess you're not so bad so he kind of oh. grins and he's like oh high praise coming from Lila Fowler so yeah. she does smile and they kind of resolve that at least but he does kind mm-hmm. of still want to know he's like look if I'm not so bad then why are you holding back why do you feel you can't trust me Mm. um because again she is she is holding back in all of these sessions and kind of feels like oh maybe she doesn't need this or he's just here because he has to be here and you know really cares um because she is just so in her head about this whole situation so she does kind of admit you know I do trust you I suppose as much as I trust anyone um so he does kind of wonder you know how come she doesn't talk with him as freely as she would with her friends he says you know say when you're with Amy and Jessica because I suppose he does have context for her general school life as well so you know and he can see that she is she is very kind of closed off yeah and she realizes that she actually doesn't talk and she's not open with Amy and Jessica Um, Mm. and she says that this is actually really sad she's like that's what you know friends don't want you to be a downer basically you know they don't want to people want to be around you when you're fun they don't want to hear sob stories and Nathan says I guess I have the opposite view of what friends are for you know fam- friends and family stand apart from the rest of the world because you can talk to them about personal things you can be yourself with them and he- she's just like oh yeah whatever um and uh says so she has to go and he's like I you know are you really as hard-boiled as you pretend to be and she's like works for me and leaves but there's a lot going on with poor Lila she does kind of ping pong around a good bit yeah in these yeah. sessions where she's kind of happy and comfortable with him and then again just gets all kind of guarded and icy with him so she's kind of she is a bit all over the place even in herself mm. like as well yeah meanwhile Bruce is grunting away as he hits <laughs> dozens of, he literally is grunting as he yeah. hits dozens of balls uh, across the tennis court <laughs> <laughs> sorry just Bruce grunting balls that's all I got from that. I know <laughs> I know, as I was saying it, I can hear it. <laughs> so he's training to like flatten Big Mesa and Roger mm. joins him. But it's um, it's clear that, you know, as far as Roger's concerned, yes, he wants to big, big, beat Big Mesa, but he wants to do it like on the on the pitch or the court, um, not in the streets. I guess. <laughs> um, but Bruce thinks he's, you know, he's going for he wants to go for the jugular and then Roger says something about because of course Roger's on the committee and he mentions that Andre is on it and says like you know he's a pretty nice girl and I was talking to her afterwards and Bruce is like oh here it comes oh he's gonna try and bond with me anything you want to talk about but Roger um like he has a mild tone but apparently he's blunter than Bruce expected and he says she really likes you Bruce why do you treat her so badly and Bruce says what is this the new age male sensitivity patrol Ooh, why does she still keep hanging around blah, 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 blah. and Roger says well I don't know why she does it she probably doesn't know herself do you always know why you do what you do and for once Bruce doesn't have a steady answer or ready <gasps> answer yeah and he's kind of annoyed by this and kind of thinks to himself you know oh I don't owe him an explanation of my behavior but of Mm. course he doesn't really understand his own behavior at all uh, because he does admit to himself that he doesn't always know why he does the things he does Uh, and he kind of reflects uh, as he's he's stomped off I think at this point um, 
but he kind of thinks about his recent near violent outbursts, the urge that would come mm. over him to hit somebody, to hurt somebody. In some mm. way, it was exhilarating, that feeling of abandoning all self-control, of allowing his mind to sail above his body. Exhilarating, but also scary. So he kind of knows mm. there's something fucking up here because he feels like uh, like something has turned him into a human time bomb. He could explode any day. So he <gasps> knows there's this kind of unchecked rage kind of bubbling under in him all this time, but he can't really get a handle on it or figure out what the fuck is going mm. on really in himself it seems like so everybody's kind of at sea in their own ways in this like it's it's uh, yeah like everyone's kind of having a lot going on and a good bit of inner turmoil it seems like mm. which adds to the drama of course mm. and uh, speaking of turmoil Liz arrives at school the next day picks up the new oracle she's proud she didn't lower herself to the big mesa tactics but then she sees a piece of the prom by Caroline so she been writing with the oracle anyway <laughs> um, so it's about the prom and they knew it was Liz you know knew it was going in But when she reads it, this is not the piece she was expecting because it's basically all about how Jessica has done, is the sole, you know, uh, organizer of the prom and is the reigning queen of extracurricular fun. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's even what she's referred to as in this fucking article. And yeah, it's very strange that Caroline is writing, although you'd think she'd be the natural gossip columnist for the Oracle. Oh, more um, than Liz, yeah. really like but yeah so obviously this is something that Caroline had been either asked to do or volunteered to do I'm not sure but uh, yeah so Jessica's name is basically in every single sentence it's like Jessica reports this and according to Jessica environmental alert are doing this and Jessica hopes and Jessica plans and Liz is just enraged by this because it does make it sound like Jessica is single-handedly pulling yeah. this thing off and making the prom happen so she's just like what the fuck is this she's like you know she hadn't wanted to take all the credit for the prom but like this is kind of ridiculous because like Liz isn't mentioned once there's no credit at all given to her so uh, she's quite rightfully annoyed by this uh, but uh, when she kind of walks into the article Penny's like oh doesn't the paper look great and Liz is kind of like um, yeah can I talk to you for a minute because <laughs> I suppose she's trying to approach this somehow without sounding really bitter but like yeah. she's within her rights because Jessica just completely took over this whole fucking thing and made it sound like it was all her doing. Yes. And also I think Penny's in the meeting. So Penny or Penny is on the committee, isn't she? So mm. she would know um, that this is all lies. But yeah, <laughs> apparently Caroline added some last minute, like came at the last minute and wanted some ex- some changes to the copy. Now I can tell you most publications you get short shrift with that. <laughs> um, so that's how it ended up, um, you know, going in without Liz seeing it. But when she gets home to the casa, she tries to stay calm as she she confronts Jessica and of course Jessica has no guilt at all she's like oh yeah it was really boring so I made sure that like I jazzed it up a bit and um, for a moment Liz is like oh shit yeah I suppose she's just trying to get publicity for the whole thing but then Liz like I can't wait to go to Brazil after all this and Liz reveals that she wants to go and to you know whoops all to the wound Jessica basically laughs in her face Oh God, yeah. So I guess Liz, and it's weird that Liz didn't realise this before, but like, of course, mm. Jessica assumes she'll be queen because that's yeah. totally her thing. Um. So yeah, Liz is kind of like, gee, Jess, did it ever occur to you that somebody else, me, for example, might want the prom queen title and the trip? And yeah, as you say, she just laughs in her face and she's like, you queen of the jungle prom. Oh, Liz, please. Um. 
And yeah, she's kind of a dick about it because Liz is like, what's so funny about that? But Jessica's like, you know, this is totally my kind of thing. I love being in the spotlight. You love making things happen backstage. Uh, <gasps> she's like, you know, Brazil, you'd hate it. You don't really want to go there. It's just beaches and nightclubs. You like museums and monuments and that sort of thing. Because, of course, there are famously no monuments in Brazil. No, I can't think of any. Just a, I can't <laughs> Not think a any. single one. No. Oh, I'm here with my think... arms outstretched. Can't <laughs> think of a single thing. <laughs> So this is just too much for Jessica and she's just like, fuck this. I am fed up with you getting your own way no matter what. And Jessica accuses her of sort of playing innocent. Like, oh, you know, stop trying to be like, oh, you know, you were promoting, um, or sorry, Jessica accused, she accused Jessica of being (laughs) little Miss Innocent, pretending she was just trying to promote the prom when really it's about her. And uh, Jessica's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to be the queen. And... um, (laughs) This <laughs> so many words, yeah. Pretty much. And this says, It's my turn, Jessica. I'm going to be prom queen. And they glare at each other hand on hips. Oh my god, it's just like the cover of, I don't know, Showdown or Power Play. Yes. <laughs> it, it does sound like a classic cover. <laughs> it does. It's twin against twin. It is. So later, uh, we get some more continuity because Jessica tells Sam about what happened. But unsurprisingly, because he's not a psychopath, he is like, oh, you know, this has a point. And Le- Jessica remembers that like, uh, you know, like Liz, Sam is really into environmental stuff. And of course, he was on that environmental so- um, mm. science program in Colorado, which when... Uh, the soap opera stuff happened. So I guess that is give him a prize for continuity. Oh, no, sorry. It was when yes. Club X happened. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, they they sort of, they they, they don't, this doesn't become a huge issue. And uh, there is a bit where they, you know, they're talking about what they're going to do in college um, in two years. And Sam is like, I wish, you know, I could, we could stay I wish I could stay with you forever and suddenly she has a moment where she thinks oh this moment is perfect maybe too perfect can this moment can this kind of happiness laugh oh no but she uh, shakes it up she, she's just like oh yeah whatever I'm just I'm just being silly and uh, they have a bet on who's going to do better in uh, the the tests that each of them have coming up at school and the winner will pay for uh, will take the the or sorry the loser will take the winner out for breakfast the morning after the prom and Sam's eyes twinkle as he says breakfast the morning after does that mean we get to stay out all night long all night and Jessica <laughs> smiles provocatively it says, we very well might. Oh, my God. They're going to bone. <laughs> well, got news for you, Karen. Also, they could have might... boned. Oh, oh, they were going to stay out all night long and not in a weird shack after a college party, like in the book, all night long. With a moustache laden with droplets in the mix at all. Like It would have been amazing. <laughs> Well, at school the next day, Liz can't concentrate in the mini yearbook and she tells Todd all about her fight with Jessica. And he's like, well, you know, you're always fighting. This, this is fine. But... <laughs> What's new? <laughs> yeah. But Liz worries there isn't bo- room for both twins on centre stage. <gasps> so later that day, there is a pep rally <laughs> and it is fucking unhinged. Oh, I... God. I, I just like she says pep rallies were always pretty rowdy occasions, but this was out of control. Sounds terrifying. 
Listeners, like I, I'm panicky just thinking about it. To be honest, it's like the bleachers are crammed full of bodies. The overflow of students milled about on the floor next to the basketball court. Music is blasting from the PA system. People have to yell to hear each other. Like the noise level is deafening, and the rally hasn't even started yet. I'm just like, I'd walk in that door and just turn back around and leave. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Well, this finds Penny and Olivia before Coach Schultz takes to the stage and introduces the cheerleaders who cartwheel onto the court. And Liz, Liz uh, forgets all the conflict with Jessica because she thinks Jessica was irrelevant at moments like this. Beautiful, vibrant, magnetic. Nobody at Sweet Valley has more school spirit than she does, Elizabeth thought. Nobody. Like, school spirit is a fucking scary thing. It's kind of like... It's terrifying. Unthinking like, love for your country. It's like, it's not a yes. good thing. <laughs> Oh, they they really do make school spirit sound properly fucking scary and like people are just possessed and driven demented <laughs> by this fucking thing that it's like, really, can you all just chill out, please? Well, they then go on to introduce by fucking name every single athlete and every single time team or group or you know hmm. the running squad or whatever as well I'd say Jesus this must take forever because <laughs> it's just goes on and on and on mm-hmm. and then the cheerleaders do a special cheer for the pep rally and they start they drop their pom-poms and stomp and clap and say sweet belly sweet belly sweet belly high we're the best and do you know why and the crowd shout why? And then they go, because we've got Todd, Shelly, Bruce, Roger. <laughs> and they name every single athlete. And after oh every God. name, one of the cheerleaders does some fancy move. Like, this must take the entire fucking school day. Like, are they being held hostage to school spirit? Because this is bananas. <laughs> there are so many kids on that court, like to be named individually, and they've already just done that by introducing them. And now the cheerleaders yeah. are doing the exact same thing. And it's like, oh my god! I'm not just like, can we just go home, please? <laughs> They're missing cardio funk for this. <laughs> Uh, oh, I mean, this probably counts as an exam or something. I don't know how probably, it works in this yeah. school. But then <laughs> Jessica, uh, at the very end, because um, they sort of think it's over now, because and Elizabeth's hands are numb from clapping. I'll bet they are, because it's gone on for mm-hmm. about two hours. Um, so uh, it seems like it's over. But uh, Liz spoke too soon when she tells Edith that's it, because Jessica dashes across the course and puts on quite a show. Oh my God, like this is actually impressive because holding her pom-poms against her hips, Jessica flung herself into a spectacular no-hands cartwheel. And that's something I have forever been impressed by is like, because I remember Jess from Gladiators used to do that. And I was always just like, (laughs) this is the most amazing thing I have ever seen a human being do. (laughs) So yeah, she does, she does this, like everyone's roaring and shouting. She does like a whole like series of handsprings. She's basically doing a fucking Olympic floor routine like it's ridiculous it's Simone Biles stuff here truly like it's bananas yeah (laughs) um so everybody goes fucking nuts and Jessica's (laughs) like or Liz is like of course it's more 
stupid showboating. And of course, <laughs> Jessica then takes advantage of all this attention to address the crowd and mind them of the jungle prom. And that, of course, at this jungle prom, a queen will be counted who has to have enor- an enormous amount of school spirit. Someone who sacrifices her own interests to the interests of the- her fellow students. That's not Jessica. She never sacrificed her own interests for anybody <laughs> in her entire life. So, um, <laughs> And we're told someone who gives to the school all she's got all the time. Now, all Liz's friends are like, Ooh, that's you. But um, Jessica says, I think we all know who that person is. The girl behind the most fantastic prom queen sweet, or prom theme Sweet Valley High's ever had. She's basically giving herself a, 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 like a like party political broadcast. <laughs> I'm Jessica Wakefield and I endorse this message. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but she's also done it in such a way that she hasn't like named herself explicitly mm-hmm. and the way that she's worded everything, Liz kind of realises that like Jessica, obviously from her point of view is saying, yeah, obviously I'm talking about me. But then people who would be team Liz in the crowd are all like, yeah, obviously she means Elizabeth. Hooray, Liz. So everyone's kind of happy about this mm-hmm. because depending on who they think should be prom queen, everyone's like, yeah, she's right. Yeah. And Liz's friends all assume it's her. Yeah. So um, on Wednesday, Jessica and Lila uh, head to Lisette's and J- Lila says that, um, uh, neg- well, she says basically, even though it's probably she's just, this is how she's framing it. She basically says Nathan is positively bullying her to go to the prom um, because he thinks that she's using her negative statements about the prom to cover up her mixed feelings about, you know, being among other people. And of course, Jessica's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, that's probably true. Um, because, uh, you know, she just doesn't really care about anybody else. She's just turning to the next rack. And uh, then Jessica says, don't you want to be there to see me crowned prom queen? And Lila, like the rest of us, is annoyed that Jessica assumes that she'll get whatever she wants. Mm, yeah, she rolls her eyes at this uh, and realizes, yeah, it's very tempting to. It was very tempting to rain on Jessica's parade. Too tempting. Lila gave in to the urge to sprinkle a few drops, and she kind of says <laughs> that you know maybe you shouldn't be taking this whole thing for granted, and that the whole school apparently is buzzing with the rumor that Liz is an absolute shoe in for the title. So Jessica, of course, is kind of she stares at Lila and then just kind of laughs, and she's like, uh, absolutely not. She's like, there's no way Liz is a shoe in. You know, sure she told me she wants to go to Brazil, but as far as I can tell, she's not actually campaigning. I haven't seen her trying to win support or anything because of course Liz is kind of quietly going about mm. it more so where like her own yeah. friends I guess do know that she wants it and lots of people yeah. do kind of automatically think well Liz is clearly doing lots of work on this so she mm. should be prom queen yeah so, yeah but so Jessica's definitely not having this and realize and kind of thinks that after the pep rally yesterday that it's a done deal for her Yes. And Lila says, well, you know, everybody loves Liz. Like she literally says that and <laughs> says um, she's actually doing the hard work of organizing. And everybody knows that, too. And Jessica's like, oh, shit, well, maybe she mm. is something to worry about. <laughs> but then she finds the perfect dress. Now, I assume this dress will be described at the end because hmm. it's spectacular um, <laughs> and Lila's like, I don't know, that's really you, Jess. But Jessica's like, oh, that no, was perfect. I'm going to try it out. Meanwhile, Liz and Enid are trying on frocks. Uh, long story short, she finds obviously the same dress as Jessica and Enid's like, oh, I'm not sure it's you. So Liz is also insists on trying it on, takes off her extremely Florida retiree outfit to try it on. <laughs> Always. 
<laughs> and uh, Le- Jess or Enid says she looks incredible, but it's a pretty racy neckline. And Liz's like, I like it. So uh, Enid urges her to go out to the bigger mirror outside. And who should she see when she steps out of the cubicle? Oh, why? It's Jessica in the exact same dress. <laughs> of course. So uh, the next day, uh, Jessica waits for Lila to give her a lift to the big Mesa track meet. And um, she um, uh, she she talks about the uh, Maria is there, too. And she she has heard about, you know, this amazing dress Jessica tried on in the mall yesterday. But Jessica says, Ugh, um, I wouldn't be called dead in it. It was way too conservative, like something my sister would wear. I don't know what attracted me to it in the first place. (laughs) And um, she basically thinks that Liz only wants to be prom queen, we're told, to deprive Jessica of her inherent right. She is deranged. Oh, this woman is fully tapped. Like, it's crazy like when very clearly up to now everybody including Liz has pointed out that Liz is doing all the fucking work and that's why she wants this <laughs> oh so we uh, we cut to Liz who's uh, who's distracted from working in the oracle because she keeps visualizing herself in a crown <laughs> yeah she's going on on very Jessica like little flights of fancy where Aww. she's thinking about being crowned queen and picturing the whole thing uh, and you know going off on her trip to Brazil and kind of and she does think quite reasonably that she'd be really good at being the spokesperson and you know taking this ambassador role and it's like well yeah, yeah. fair she does know a lot about environmental issues she does actually care about these things and she does think you know unlike some people I know you know who think recycling means uh, wearing the same outfit twice oh. so you know, she's she's also then kind of thinking, you know, if it wasn't for all her work, this wouldn't be happening. She deserves recognition yeah. and wants this title. Um, so, yeah, she kind of ends up then thinking about she kind of thinks back to the dress thing as well um, and kind of thinks, oh, you know, I wouldn't be caught dead in that kind of exactly the same as Jessica. It's like something yeah. my sister would wear. So they're both kind of thinking back on the previous day and going, God, I yeah. can't believe I ever wanted that dress after having seen their sister in it. She tells Penny and Olivia that she says it was mm. too flashy. It was more <laughs> like her sister. By the way, Penny also remembers how she used to hate going to dances before she had a boyfriend. And frankly, who could blame her because of the, like, she says how stressful it all was. It's like, this. why do you kids put this on yourselves? It's awful. Honestly. Uh, Olivia, by the way, always gets her uh, prom dresses in uh, a vintage clothing store with 20s dresses. Where's this place? Oh my God. What a highs. fucking treasure trove like tell us more (laughs) (laughs) well they're all going off to the uh the the big mesa meet well apart from liz who's still busy on the mini yearbook but meanwhile bruce is also is avoiding the meet even though he sort of kind of knows he should go to gerard roger Mm. he's gone to the marina to clear his head but who should sail in on the ss implication it's nicholas morrow my goodness, he's back again. We're getting so much Nicholas lately between Liz's diary and Nicholas. Oh. So yes, the uh, seabird, we know that's not his uh. real name, uh, <laughs> has, has, has pulled in and there's Nicholas at the marina too. I have to say he is nicer to Bruce than I would be to somebody mm. who had cheated on my sister, which um, led to her doing uh, loads of coke and dying. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'd be just fair. like, fuck this brick. He was awful to her. <laughs> She died miserable because of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never want to see him again. Yeah, um, I guess I guess Nicholas is a better person than us, which is a terrifying thought. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because, like, he was going out with Amy pretty much straight, like, you know, straight away after Ooh. Regina died. Um, so, uh, yeah, he says he has, Nicholas says he hasn't seen much of Bruce since then. And uh, we're told that, that Bruce flinches and thinks, how could Nicholas say those words so casually? How could he speak Regina's name without crying, without cursing? Uh, oh, my God. He thinks, Ugh. Nick, Nicholas is just trying to be nice. He's too good to be true. He is not. Um, but uh, he has very dramatic thoughts about all this and his throat tightens for his life. Bruce couldn't speak. By the way, then we're reminded that Nicholas was just going out with Andrea five minutes ago. So I mean, he fucking hates Bruce. <laughs> like, I, like, I forgot this as well because he was just like, oh yeah, I heard you're seeing Andrea. She's a lot of fun to hang out with, isn't she? Uh, and Bruce like recovers his voice and he's like, if she's such a blast, why aren't you still going out with her? And he's really sarcastic. But like Nicholas just doesn't really rise to Bruce, Bruce's yeah. uh, bait ever. And he's just like, oh, I guess I was too old and stodgy for her. She got bored with me. Uh, and Bruce is like, oh, and I'm getting bored with you too. But like, it's also our first indication of like Bruce clearly being really upset about Regina yes. still. Um, because yeah. the whole fact that he couldn't say anything until this point and the only thing he can say is just to be snippy and snide with yeah. Nicholas because he actually clearly is really hurt and really upset um, yeah. but we haven't seen any of this at all like mm. but the fact that he literally couldn't speak and his throat had closed up at the mention of Regina's name oh. it's like oh he's clearly got some shit going on yeah and uh, he hopes he doesn't want to stand around the dock making meaningless small talk with his dead girlfriend's older brother and he hopes <laughs> Nicholas leaves him alone but then Nicholas steps closer I'm getting worried that with Nicholas's track record. Run, Bruce. arm's distance away at all times. Um, but he puts a hand on Bruce's shoulder and says, it's been tough on all of us. His voice rough. Mom and uh, Dad and I miss her so much. I know it's hard for you too, Bruce. And Bruce shrugs off Nicholas's hand as if it had been a red hot iron. And he snaps, I'm fine. You've got to get over these things, you know. I moved on with my life. I'm fine. And Nicholas looks at him and says, if you say so. And Nick, Bruce can't bear the look in the in Nicholas's eyes. He can't stand the pity. So he just says, see ya, and rushes past him. And he runs away, not crying. But as he goes, Nicholas's sad, pitying eyes pierced him like poison arrows. Oh, man. Yeah, so Nicholas That's clearly can just see through him, it seems like, yeah. that he's just like, I know that you're in bits and you're just clearly not willing to admit it to yourself or anyone else. Oh. So later at the beach, after the big Mesa meet, Jessica gloats over the fact that she tricked the sweet, the big Mesa cheerleaders into chewing gum that would dye their teeth green. I don't know how she managed that, but anyway, um, <laughs> while she's gloating, Lila notices somebody uh, with a very cute dog that she's heard all about. Mm, yeah, they've gone for a walk on the beach, I think, on their way home. Uh, yes. So, yeah, she sees this guy with this lovely big black, black Labrador with a Frisbee. Um, and Lila realises, yes, she she knows that shaggy brown hair. Uh, and she'd heard enough about the stupid dog to recognise it too. <laughs> Looking, be nice to JD. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it turns out uh, it is, in fact, Nathan. So she's kind of tries to do an about turn and avoid them all together. But he spots her, of course, and is like, oh, Lila, wait up. So uh, when Jessica sees him come, she's like, oh, my God, who is that? And like starts tossing her hair and getting ready to flash some smiles um typical jessica mode um so yeah he introduces himself and lila explains oh you know this is my counselor at project youth and jessica's like oh that nathan uh and nathan of course is like oh i recognize you from school you're one of the wakefield twins and jessica's smile kind of dims and she's like i'm jessica jessica wakefield (laughs) because i guess right now she doesn't like being reminded that she's one of two (laughs) that liz is also (laughs) 
So Nathan is friendly and nice and he just talks about the mm. dog. Like this is the thing, he's always very good with boundaries. When he talks mm-hmm. about, you know, when he tries to sort of give a bit of himself to to engage her, it's always about the dog. It's not about, you know, it's yeah. not about sort of his personal stuff. And um he like he says, you know, oh, um, you know, see you guys around and because Jessica of course, of course is like I've got to I sometimes come here with the dog or, or with my dog Prince Albert a golden retriever um look do you Jessica do you <laughs> poor dog he never gets to go to the beach <laughs> so after he uh Nathan and JD leave uh Jessica says he's much nicer than Lila um you know the impression she got from Lila because she'd been picturing some big meanie and Lila's mm. kind of shocked she she's been giving that impression um because she clearly has Nathan on her mind because they pass a, a bike shop and um, Nathan apparently loves motor, uh, loves mountain bikes. So Lila's like, oh, I wonder, is that like, is that something I, you know, would that be fun riding around a mountain bike? I mean, how, I don't know why she's so surprised at the idea of cycling, but uh, this reminds Jessica of something else to do with bikes because she really is uh-huh. the worst. Oh man, yeah. So she totally forgot that she was supposed to pick up Sam after this uh, yeah. track meet thing and give him a ride home. So poor yeah. Sam has basically been stranded for the last hour, and she's like, "Oh no, what what was I thinking? I don't even have the jeep today." Um. So yeah, she kind of she does feel bad, but she's like, "Oh God, I bet he's really mad at me. Like I'd yeah. certainly be mad at him if he left me stranded like that." So um, Lila's just like, "Oh, you know, when you see him, just tell him you to make an emergency visit to the dentist." Uh. So she's just kind of not that concerned about Jessica's no. trivial worries. Uh. But yeah, poor. Sam in the meantime has just been left abandoned. Roaming the streets. Uh, in fact, he literally is roaming the streets because <laughs> Liz is finally leaving school after all her labours and she sees Sam trudging along. So she gives him a lift and he mentions this big race that he's got coming up, um, which Jessica doesn't even know about because like, she's barely exchanged two words with Jessica. Mm. And uh, he's excited about it. It's got a big prize. Um, and speaking of prizes, he brings up the prom thing and he's like... He's really nice. He's like, look, I know you and Jessica are, you know, things are a bit rough at the moment, but I hope you and me are still cool. And yeah. Liz is like, yeah, of course we are. And she thinks out, you know, what a good guy he is and how, you know, once this prom is over, it'll, it'll all be back to normal. And she and Todd and Jessica and Sam will all hang out together. Oh dear. Oh God. <laughs> Speaking of tragedy, Bruce arrives home to his empty house. He goes to his room and then he takes out something hidden at the back of a drawer. What could that be, Je- uh, Karen? Oh, what could it be? Did you... <laughs> Here to <call> you <laughs> Jessica. I was just going to say, is that just what's happened? How dare you? <laughs> We're possessed. Yeah, so we... <laughs> he removes a silver frame uh, and in that frame is a photograph of a girl a beautiful girl with long wavy black hair <gasps> eyes the colour of sapphires and a oh. smile like an angel oh god so of course it's a picture of beautiful Regina um, and yeah he just stares at the picture and he's like oh you know she was the way she was smiling she was smiling that way because she was in love with the boy who was taking her picture she was in love with me Bruce remembered but he had to let her go and then and then and he's just like staring at the picture uh, and kind of uh, what is it yeah no one would ever look at him that way again and he starts crying oh. and it's just absolutely in bits this poor guy he's really really upset he is fully like desperately sad about Regina but just clearly hasn't shown an ounce of that uh, to anybody else but yeah poor Bruce is really in a bad way 
her image blurred as Bruce's eyes brimmed and spilled over with anguished, bitter tears. Oh, poor Bruce. Can't believe I'm saying that because he is. I know. Terrible. This is the thing. Because he's, he's tormented. Such a, he's such a dick in this book. But yeah, he really is going through it, uh, is the yeah. thing. But yeah, but also we just haven't seen any of that at all since Regina's mm. dying. So yeah, it's, it's it's a lot. But again, the, the, the timeline is super condensed. So it's like yeah. a matter of months, I guess. But <laughs> who knows? Oh, look. Well, the next day, Liz calls into the Oracle um, and finds an anonymous envelope with a message from Big Mesa. It's a sneak peek of the next issue of Bullseye and it accuses all the Sweet Valley um, racers of cheating. So Liz <gasps> is appalled by how things have just escalated. Like, it's really, this is really up the ante. And she's enraged. And um, But Todd is like, oh, just forget about it. And she's like, turn the other cheek. She's, he says, yeah. Well, we've turned the other cheek already, Elizabeth said angrily. We're black and blue all over. So, um, yeah. They, because uh, they, they also, the bullseye thing also uh, accuses the Sweet Valley cheerleaders of trying to poison the Big Mesa cheerleaders when all they did was like prank them with some kind of weird chewing gum. Uh, but yeah, and I suppose she has been ignoring the jibes up to this point. But now that they're actually accusing Sweet Valley students of cheating because they won whatever track meet, it's uh, it's a bridge too far for Liz. It really is. So, uh, yeah, she's um, she's just got really, really angry. And she says, I'm sick of letting them get away with these asinine lies. <laughs> and Todd is just looking at her and going, what? Where is this coming from? And of course, we know that this isn't just about, um, uh, like, mm. this isn't about Big Mesa. There's a lot going on for Liz. And she does apologise for, for losing her temper at him. So they head to lunch. But when they get to the cafeteria, who should be centre stage hang, ha, handing out buttons, by which they mean badges, that say, save the rainforest, come to the jungle prom? <laughs> well, it's Jessica, of course. So uh, she is campaigning hard, but again, without really saying vote for Jessica for prom queen, because apparently she went and spent her own money on getting these uh, little badges printed up and everyone's just swarming around her uh, to, to get one. I guess they must be really nice badges. I don't know the fuck. But uh, yeah, everyone's just gazing adoringly at Jessica saying, oh, talk about dedication. You know, she spent her own money to support this worthy cause to encourage people to go to the prom. And Elizabeth is watching all this just going, are they having a fucking laugh? Like, what is this? <laughs> So she would her and Enid are just looking at each other and uh, she wonders, are they the only ones able to see through Jessica's saintly masquerade? <laughs> this is what I mean about the melodrama uh, being amped up in every scene. I fucking love it. Like the, <laughs> the style of the prose style just gets so much more like um, florid in this mm. book and I am 100% here for it so <laughs> this is kind of the final straw for Liz she's just like fuck this she sits down uh, in, at a table with Enid and Todd and says I want that prom queen title her eyes blazing I'm not going to let her steal it from me and Enid <gasps> and Todd are literally staring at her she goes on a big rant about how like um Jessica is, you know, just doing dirty tricks. She's, um, she's not. It's just self promotion. She hasn't done any work for this prom queen or for this prom, but she's taking all the credit. Like, 
Liz, on the other hand, has earned this prize. This is her project. And uh, the whole thing was her idea anyway. And Todd is like, uh, wasn't it Jessica's idea too? And she's like, well, fuck this. I don't care. Um, <laughs> and Todd's like, this is all meant to be fun. And she's like, no. She's uh, she's she's just really, um, uh, she's really serious about this. Uh, she thinks Jessica's just making a mockery of the whole thing. And she, uh, she's not worthy of being the jungle prom queen. Mm. So, um, she she can't relax, basically. We cut to Saturday, and Jessica and Sam are in a romantic restaurant called Oggy. Yeah. Or is it Oggy? Feel... Mm, Two G's in Italian. That's Oggy, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. That was but, yeah, no, Italian if... listeners or Italian uh, American <laughs> listeners. I feel like this has popped up before, but I can't hmm. say for certain. Um, but yes, they are out and poor old Sam. He's just like, oh, oh. you know, I picked this place because it's one of your favourites and it's been a while since we've gone out somewhere special, just the two of us. You haven't had much time for me lately. Mm. Um, and Jessica's just like, oh, you know, I'm so busy. Haven't even had time to eat lunch any day this week. Um, and she just starts banging on about how she's, you know, been handing out Save the Rainforest badges, <laughs> getting people psyched and all the rest. <laughs> and uh, she's like, oh, you know, it doesn't hurt to remind people that this prom is my project too. Everyone just assumes that Elizabeth is doing all the work for it. And like Sam keeps trying to join the conversation and she just yeah. keeps talking over him every single time yeah. he tries to interject um, and she's just getting herself worked up and enraged about the fact that Liz also wants this prom queen title uh, yes. and says you know she's, she's being so underhanded you know she'd never actually campaign oh no she's above all that but she's not above having her hordes of nerdy friends <laughs> campaign for her <laughs> And then she's like, but I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about something else. So Sam is like, okay, cool. Here's something that might interest you. So he starts going on about uh, how he's started this new weight training program for his big race. And he's like, oh, you know, I know you're really interested in my biceps because he's adorable. Of my biceps. And he's kind of starting to talk about this. Uh, but then Jessica's like, do you think it's enough, though? And he's like, oh, just working out at the gym. Well, no, I'm also going to. And she's like, no, 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 not the race, the badges, the buttons. Oh. She's like, do you think I was too subtle? Because of course she wasn't listening to a word he said. Oh uh, my And God. is still just in feral prom queen mode. Um, so yeah. poor Sam, like she's just yeah. not paying any attention to him at all. And she just yeah. keeps going on about this thing and the rivalry. And Sam is like, oh. you know, I thought we were going to change the subject. And she's like, what, don't you think this is important? And he's like, oh. yeah, it is. It's just, you know, there's other things also happening. But um, yeah, he's just, she just kind of says, you know, but it's the only thing I'm concerned about right now. <sighs> Sam is just like, oh, well, you know, I guess it's lucky I ran into Liz yesterday, considering I'm not one of your top priorities nowadays. Because like, I don't know, did, did Jessica apologize? Oh, she did apologize, apparently, for standing him up. Um, yeah. But because he's bringing it not up enough. now, she's really, no, she's all defensive. And she's like, I apologize, didn't I? And he's like, well, yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that I'd have been stranded if Liz hadn't come to my rescue. And he's like, you know, it was really thoughtful of her to pick me up. And of course, Jessica's like, oh, thoughtful, perfect, Elizabeth. That's all I am here uh so yeah they're just kind of arguing now about liz and it's yes. just it's not a good date because jessica's no. just talking over him she's on a one track of this fucking prom queen nonsense and now she's just annoyed because he pointed out quite reasonably that liz did in fact pick him up when he was stranded by jessica <laughs> so it's also, just oh a mess jessica also has like this fantasy version of liz because like she's brainwashed mm. you like she's brainwashed everyone else i'm the only mm. one who sees through her it's like jessica she is not hiding anything she is doing all the work for the prom and also wants to be prom queen that's it you're the one who's going mm. around pretending that you're like the chief organizer while doing absolutely fuck all which is going to continue <laughs> 
Um, so uh, <laughs> Sam tries to make peace and he flirts, but for once Jessica isn't in the mood because she just wants to meet Liz, and that is it. That's all. So on Monday, a glum Lila goes through her fabulous wardrobe, and uh, we get uh, like a full array of outfits here, but. Her fancy frocks just make her think of the prom and Nathan and she thinks how cute he is and how much he's helped her. Oh, he's the only person she can rely on. And apparently he's going to be the chaperone uh, for the jungle prom. Hmm. So she, and in fairness to her at this stage, she's just thinking like, okay, he's going to be there. So there'll be somebody there who, you know, I know Hmm. cares about me and isn't just wanting me to be their sort of like sidekick or fellow partier um, so she decides that she'll for once and for all she's going to go to the prom and it's basically because Nathan will be there to give a stabilising influence hmm. so at lunch Jessica drags Lila, Amy and Robin again Robin doesn't like Jessica why <laughs> is Robin her best friend here I know the- it's like I feel like she's grudgingly co-captain of the cheer squad yeah. because it really is like her and Annie I feel like are the two kind of gal pals in that cheer squad who talk shit about everybody else on this but uh Absolutely. Yeah, for some reason she's been roped into this little friend group for some reason for this book yes and uh yeah she's taking them to the prom meeting and Liz is annoyed to see her because of course most of the work has already been done but they mm. need volunteers to um set up on Saturday and of course Jessica because she is so shitty she signs up for the very last shift because they've got a few shifts of decoration and collecting stuff and you know all that Hmm. sort of thing and signs up for the final shift because she knows pretty much everything will be done by then and she's as it turns out she's right she's She's such an asshole (laughs) so we're told that winston patty and andrea would basically be the tally men for the vote which is quite complex so they're going to vote for the prom king first Mm. and then uh, and so like at nine o'clock they're going to get the prom king ballots and oh yeah sorry when they go when people go in they'll get a raffle ticket and a prom king ballot when they arrive nine o'clock prom king ballots collected prom queen ballots distributed and um and then an hour later the prom queen uh will be announced so as we are from a country with quite a complicated voting system we have proportional representation so i guess we're kind of used to multiple counts and such like <laughs> True, but this is still kind of confusing and weird even to us. But yeah, apparently it's like the king is going to be announced like an hour before the queen. uh, The king is going to be announced before they even vote for the queen, which seems like the voting of the king will inevitably is going to influence influence. the queen. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, Liz, or for some reason, Jessica doesn't really think this one through. No. (laughs) So the meeting ends, but then Jessica does a Columbo and says, oh, just one more thing. (laughs) So in what is clearly a dig at Enid, she asks if Big Mesa students should be allowed to go to the prom. And the group is divided. Winston isn't comfortable with it, but only because he thinks, in fairness to him, he thinks it could be a security risk with all the raids recently. And in fairness, he's going to be on the door, so you can't blame him. Yeah. Um, And Penny thinks it would you know, but Penny thinks, look, if we ban them, that's just going to antagonize them more. It'll make mm. them even more likely to do something shitty. And uh, Jessica's like, oh, it's it's our prom. Oh, we can't, you know, they can't dictate to us. And uh, this is a question of school spirit, pure and simple. Her voice, <laughs> she allows her voice to tremble with emotion. She's such a cold bitch. Like, this is so <laughs> contrived. <laughs> <laughs> so we shouldn't have to share it with anyone especially not Big Mesa a few members of the prom committee applauded spontaneously <laughs> like come on surely that's just Amy <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, Jessica smugly gloats to herself that uh, I've got her now. She can't argue with that without sounding like a complete traitor. But of course, Liz, and I love this, is like, okay, that's the way you want it. We don't have any dates from any other schools, including Bridgewater. Uh-huh, this is uh, it. Because uh, like Liz do doesn't this. name names, but it's very obvious yeah. she's referring to Sam because she's like, oh, well, you know, then maybe no other schools uh, should be allowed to come. And Jesse's like, no, no, it's only big Mesa kids we want to keep out. And Liz is like, well, either the prom is open or it's closed. Um, yeah. So everyone kind of starts talking over each other and... Uh, then Jessica's like, oh, there's only one way to resolve this. You know, we'll have to see a show of hands who thinks no big Mesa students should be allowed uh, at our dance. Mm. Um, so they kind of take a vote on it, but they, it's a tie. So it is. I think they have to go to, they're going to have to take it to Chrome Dome to, uh, yeah. to resolve this. Yeah. So Liz just stalks off the meeting with her pals and Jessica derangedly is sure that everyone's going to be talking about this vote uh, in within five minutes and says everyone will be talking about me Jessica thought me and my incredible loyalty to Sweet Valley High it's incredible alright wow God. <laughs> so uh, Liz is in a foul mood later but Penny approaches and she says she needs to talk to both twins because apparently Sweet 16 magazine what no one to do wants to do a photo shoot with the twins about the prom um, because they've heard about about from some PR person at Environmental Alert and uh, they want to do an interview and photo shoot but to make the deadline they've got to do it at 4.30pm tomorrow (laughs) so uh, Liz is like uh, Liz thinks of course Jessica wants to do it but Liz thinks she's not going to turn her back on her twin for a single minute and says she wouldn't miss it for the world (gasps) So the next day, Liz is riding high because apparently Jessica was totally trounced that morning. The, the school overwhelmingly voted in favour of making of allowing other schools to enter the prom. So she arrives at 4.30, which is when they were meant to meet, and the photographer and the journalist are there, but there's no Jessica. So the team from Sweet 16 have brought amazing outfits. I presume they're going to be at the end. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, you know, they need to get the light and... Um, I don't know what time of day it is. They keep talking about golden light. It's only half four, which would be the case for here in like October or November. But anyway, um, they uh, they need to move soon. Uh, you know, they do. So it's five o'clock practically and there's no Jessica. And for a second, Liz is tempted to just go, yeah, fuck it. Okay, let's go. But she thinks, mm. no, I can't do that. I can't. I have to check. I have to look for her because um, it's just too low. Um, so she does genuinely look for Jessica. She goes to the locker room and... Um, you know, looks around the school, but she can't find her. And the team, Sweet 16 guys were like, look, it's now or never. Do you want to do this or not? We've come all the way out here. So Liz is like, of course, you know, of course I do. So off they go. She says, let's go take some pictures. (laughs) (laughs) And Jessica saw, oh my God. As somebody who worked, who was an editor on a magazine and used to do photo shoots, I swear to God, if this bitch had done this. (laughs) Well, she saunters through the main door of the high school and paused for a moment just inside the entrance to give the photographer and interviewer from Sweet 16 a chance to appreciate how stunning she looked in her outfit that I will not name. It is 5.15. She is 45 minutes late. Just, what... I don't, yeah, because she's like, 
she kind of says, I can't believe in the first one. See, at first I thought she thought it was meant to be like 5.30 instead of 4.30. No, I but checked. she really does. Yeah, she really does she knows. say, at least I'm not the only one who's late. So she's turned up 45 minutes late <laughs> on purpose yeah. and then is surprised to find there's nobody there. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, astonishing. It's like she, 45 minutes. Did she really expect these professional journalists and photographers to wait for her for three quarters of an hour? Apparently she did. So um, yeah, she finds Lois Waller, who apparently is the daughter of the school nutritionist. I don't think that came into it before. And she's using one of the work computers to type something up. So she's still hanging around the school afterwards in in the main office. or the receptionist perception office and yeah she says that Liz and the team were there but they left and she says like they waited for a while and but of course she can't remember where they went she's like oh maybe it was a beach maybe it was a you know maybe it was the ball I don't know and um she th- she flounces out saying so they want to shoot Elizabeth I want to shoot Elizabeth <laughs> And she thinks it was only too obvious what had happened. Elizabeth showed up early and lied to the people from Sweet Sixteen to steal the interview and the photo opportunity for herself. Maybe she told she lied and said Jessica was sick and couldn't come. Or maybe she told them there was no twin sister. You are 45 minutes late. What did you expect them to do? You are fucking unhinged. I cannot she deal with this. I mean, I, I, I have to say, I think I'm still reeling from her walking in and stopping to strike a pose in the doorway <laughs> so they could appreciate how hot she is. Because, like, who functions like that? <laughs> She's like, so funny. Oh, God. It'd be hilarious as well, it, just if she did that on time. But, like, doing yes. that 45 minutes later, they're going to be like, oh, worth the wait, guys. <laughs> wait, where is everybody? Like, you idiot. <laughs> Good Lord. So um, we cut to Project Youth. So Lila Swan's in. See, uh, Nathan is in, in a cheerful form and um, he's, uh, you know, he's they, they sort of have a little banter, very professional banter because Lila says she's feeling good and he's like, let's zero in on this good feeling, Lila, so we can hold on to it. What? Why do you think you're so up today? What's happening lately? And um. So she's like, I just got my positive outlook back. So he keeps trying to say, okay, so, but what triggered that? Can, let's let's explore this. Like, let's, um, mm. you know, get uh, get get to the root of this. What do you think is is making you feel better? But she, of course, doesn't want to do any self analysis, and it's like, well, what's up with you? And because he's a professional, he's just like, oh, you know, I switched JD to a new dog food last night because he's not going to talk about his personal life with her. That mm. the dog is a very, actually, a very clever thing to do. Um, yeah, a very like neutral topic to to yes. that's like very safe to talk about for sure. Yeah, because it sort of creates a personal, um, you know, b- little bond, but you're absolutely mm. not giving anything away of yourself. Yeah. Actually, a very good friend of mine is a clinical psychologist, and uh, and she does have a dog. I'm gonna have to ask her. Mm. I'm gonna see her tonight. <laughs> does she use her dog as a to break the ice? She is a child psychologist too. So uh yeah, he's keeping it very safe and neutral. And she um asks, like, oh, so about the prom, are you bringing somebody? And he's like, JD looks great in a tux. <laughs> um, you know, he's really nice about it. And um, you know, he's he's not giving anything away. He's really being professional. And she says how good um, you know, you're really easy to talk to. I used to be so tense, but now I'm not. And 
he's like, so you're going to stick with the counselling? And she thinks, she's pretty sure she didn't need it anymore. Her depression had practically disappeared overnight. She was cured. But she's not going to tell him that. She doesn't want to stop coming to Project Youth. She doesn't want to stop seeing Nathan. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's like since Jessica met him at the beach, I think Jessica had pointed out like, oh, he's really hot when they met him at the beach. And since then, Lila was kind of like, oh, is he? And she's kind of since then kind of taken a step back and been like, oh, yeah, I guess he is. So it does seem like now she fancies Nathan. So this is why she's suddenly acting so upbeat in their sessions and decides she doesn't actually need this anymore, but she's going to keep coming because she wants to get Nathan. Like it's very complicated and unhealthy but she's in a very odd place right now so it's like oh Lila yeah I have to say it is quite psychologically convincing all this stuff Mm, yeah so uh, I cut to the uh, Patman mansion and Roger enters Bruce's room with a yo Bruce (laughs) (laughs) that's after all (laughs) I think it's actually 93 I just I was looking to see because I think it came out here in 94 but it's ah. originally first printed in 93. So I guess it's it's all very, um, very suitably early 90s. And yes. um, exactly the sort of thing somebody like Roger would have said. So he's reading A Tale of Two Cities, very apt because it does feature a sort of tormented, dissolute figure who actually ends up trying to do something extremely noble. If anyone hasn't read it, it is great. And uh, apparently he's not. Um, Roger is taking Rosa to the prom. But Bruce um, flings his book away and says he isn't taking a date because basically nobody is worthy of him because they're all such a bunch of losers. Um, He says, I've had everyone at Sweet Valley High I wanted to have. Fucking hell. (laughs) And he sort of expects Roger to argue with him or say something about Andrea, but instead he just shakes his head sadly. Mm. and Roger flings the book away and drops his head to his hands and presses his fists against his burning eyes oh man yeah like he he really is going through it he's a tormented boy (laughs) meanwhile at the casa Jessica awaits Liz's return full (laughs) of rage she basically thinks that Liz is destroying their perfect balance by going after things that Jessica likes I mean oh she is fully deranged like she's sitting there fuming at the kitchen table and like is picturing Liz posing for the photographer and strutting (laughs) around the place she's like who does she think she is I'm the one who likes to pose I'm the (laughs) one who's good at that sort of thing (laughs) and again starts talking to herself out loud and uh, goes wasn't I the one who entered the Miss Teen Sweet Valley pageant Jessica asked out loud wasn't it my idea to audition for the young and the beautiful soap opera sure she ends up getting a part two but she never would have gone for it on her own (laughs) (laughs) wow so much monologuing and i love Mm. it so liz arrives home and jessica rants extremely unfairly at her because we know she turned up 45 minutes late and um jessica's like oh you tried to sabotage it and um you know you don't play fair and Liz is like I'm not have to listen to this absolute bollocks but Jessica says I want you Liz you sabotage this interview you purposely stole it away from me you want to be prom queen but you won't complete fairly you're sneaking around campaigning for support behind my back and telling who knows what lies about me to everyone you see and Liz is like what you're the one who doesn't play fair you're the one who like you know did that interview with Caroline full of lies mm. and um Jessica says, I'm just going about my business. That is her business, I suppose, being a crazy bitch. <laughs> True. <laughs> Full-time crazy bitch. <laughs> yeah. So um, Jessica tells Liz, um, 
we're told that oh yeah they both get very weather uh, adjacent because Jessica's voice drops ominously and her eyes flickered like the distant distant threat of lightning on a hot summer night Elizabeth stood her ground her own eyes as cold and angry as a storm at sea oh my god it's like somebody got Captain Planet it's like what is going on here guys <laughs> Well, Jessica warns Liz that uh, sooner or later, everyone at Sweet Valley High will wise up to your act. They'll figure <laughs> you out. So go ahead. Lie and cheat and sneak around all you want to. We'll see who comes out on top. Look oh. at me, ma! Top of the world! <laughs> but again, like, Ned and Alice are either completely absent for all of this or just seem to have no idea that they're twin daughters are not talking to each other or anytime they do they end up just like in a face-off like just glaring at each other it's like your your two girls are clearly not getting along like way more so than any time before um and i guess it's going on for longer too like but like where are they (laughs) i know it's like so yeah because alice appears at the beginning where she Mm. just like fawns over jessica inexplicably and um then Ned appear like they do both appear on the night of the jungle prom. That's basically hmm. it. That's it, yeah. So um yeah, so that uh that dramatic note, we uh we should probably take a tiny little break because this has been going on for two hours now, listeners, and we have oh not the jungle prom. So. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> I know. <laughs> So, as you know, we are, of course, proud members of the Headstuff Podcast Network, and uh, we'd like to uh, to share a bit about the network and other podcasts on it every week. But actually, um, this week, we're not talking about a podcast, we're talking about Culture Night, which is a very, very cool thing that happens in Ireland every September. Yeah, Culture Night is tremendous fun. Um, So, yeah, so for Culture Night uh, this year, actually, what date is it? We don't have the date. 23rd. Hang on. Culture Night. We're all riled up by the jungle prom. (laughs) We don't know what's going on anymore. 23rd of September. Yes. There we go. Okay. So, yeah, so for Culture Night, uh, the doors of the podcast studios are opening. Uh, So, if you get a ticket for that, you can get to see behind the scenes and even record your own five minute podcast on the night. And it's all free. So, tickets can be found on eventbrite.ie or on the Culture Night website Uh, there's going to be a little like exhibition as well about independent podcasting in Ireland Uh, I think some of the other podcasters are going to be about possibly on the night as well but it seems like it's going to be a good crack kind of a time so do drop in if you're around Dublin and there'll be loads to do anyway on Culture Night there's always loads of stuff that's going on but uh, yeah do check that out uh, and you can have a little taster of what's going on here now The podcast studios are opening their doors to everyone this Culture Night. Come see the place where your favourite Headstuff Podcast Network shows are made. Get behind-the-scenes access, learn about production, and record your very own five-minute podcast. This is an opportunity not to be missed. Join us Friday the 23rd of September. Register on eventbrite.ie or see the Culture Night website for more details. We look forward to seeing you there. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where we cut to Wednesday and uh, the school is full of ads for the prom. Winston and Andre are selling tickets. Business is booming. So Liz joins all the various jocks at uh, the um, at a table with uh, with Todd um, and he asks if they're psyched 
for Friday's game. And uh, they sure are, listeners. They sure are. Yeah, uh, Jim Daly predicts that they're going to pound them. <laughs> Jason Mann says we're going to pummel and pulverise them. And uh, <laughs> just Keith Webster says, psyched isn't the word. Try pumped to the max. <gasps> to the max? <laughs> You know they're serious. Also, AJ Morgan is on the basketball team and I just don't remember if he always has been or if that's new I, information. I thought he was on the football team, like the soccer team. Wasn't he friends with oh. poor Jeffrey? Yeah. Mm. Huh. Anyway, mm. I guess he's versatile. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they're all obsessed with sports, so I suppose we shouldn't be surprised if they sort of switch mm. between them. Mm. Um, so uh, Jessica, or sorry, Liz shows Todd this. She's got a draft for an editorial against Big Mesa in the um, in the next issue of the Oracle. Now, it hasn't gone to print yet. She's just written it. But Todd mm. is shocked by its harsh tone and the fact that it generalizes about all the, the entire school, not just, you know, the Raiders or the bullseye staff or whatever and um you know you're you're not hitting back at the kids who wrote that trash you're taking a shot at the entire school and liz uh says that you know she's she's enjoying it like she you know she has always been trying to rise above and now she's uh she's finally hitting back she decided she needed to learn to hit back and you know what her eyes glittered it feels good it feels really good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so Todd is like, okay, what is going on? Are you angry at Big Mesa or are you angry about Jessica? And is this all about your vow to become a different person? And she's like, yeah, I guess it is. And she's like, yeah, well, but are you becoming the person that you are meant to be? And he says it softly. So you know what he means oh seriously. Goodness. <laughs> if he said it huskily now, that'd be something else altogether. Oh, sure would. <laughs> So on Friday, they have the last prom committee meeting and they all applaud Liz for all her work, but she's still super stressed. And they have one last big thing to do, and that's collecting the art supplies from some store in town. No one is free. And uh, somebody says, oh, well, you know, maybe Jessica could actually, you know, bother her arse to do something. But, do literally um, one thing. Yeah. yeah. Can you ask her? But Liz just like looks away. He's like, <laughs> so Olivia's like, uh, OK, I've got a class with your next, so I'll ask her. And um. Enid is a bit worried about how, you know, how things have soured between the twins and how seriously Liz is taking all this. And Liz does wonder if anything can get back to normal. So we cut to Jessica, who is out doing, she has grudgingly agreed to do one thing for this prom. And uh, Lila jibes that, you know, this sounds very much in character. Like you're always, you know, you don't like getting your hands dirty. You just let Liz do all the work. Um, and uh, Lila says, uh, or Jessica says, oh, shut up, Lila. I'm doing it, aren't I? Lila nods. Sure, you're doing it for the votes. You don't fool me for a minute, Jessica Wakefield. You never have. And Jessica grins despite herself, but you're not one of the ones I wanted to fool. So I think she's open about being such a scheming supervillain. <laughs> Just this devious maniac running riot in this town. But yeah, so <laughs> that's it, because she even says that she's been railroaded into doing this job. And Lila is just like, you're literally like Miss School Spirit and you can't even do one tiny thing. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, like she does have her there. Um, but yeah, again, talk turns to the prom queen title. Mm, and uh, Jessica is just like, oh, you know, some people have been wasting their time campaigning or rather pretending not to campaign. Um, and Lila is like, what makes you so sure people are going to vote for you rather than Liz? But um, yeah, she's just... 
Jessica just kind of goes on then about she's like oh you know picture it it's the I guess the big basketball match is the following night so maybe this yes. is Thursday then so if the big match is oh, Friday yes, the next then the day, prom yeah. is Saturday yeah so she's like you know this big match I guess is the last big event before the prom so she's like you know, you're sitting up in the bleachers and you're, you're Joe Average, Sweet Valley High student. Yeah. So she's like, what do you see? And kind of points out, look, you know, the captain of the cheer squad is going to be there with all her school spirit. Um, and Lila's like, oh, you mean Robin Wilson? Yeah. <laughs> because she's just not entertaining her in the slightest, which I is great. Like but uh, but Jessica's like, no, Jessica Wakefield, of course. C'est moi, yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> So she reckons that the vision of her as the uh, the the captain of the cheerleading squad on the night of this big rematch will be the final reminder of who's who and what's what. The last big impression before the ballots are handed out. So Lila's like, oh, well, I hope you're right. And Jessica's like, I hope I'm right too. No, scratch that. I know I'm right. Oh my <laughs> God, she's hard work. She really is. When we cut to Friday, it's a big basketball game and Liz glowers down from the bleachers at Jessica showing off with all the cheerleaders. But then she unveils her own giant barrier or banner, which uh, in typical Sweet Valley style is quite wordy. It says, go gladiators, bulldoze, big mesa. <laughs> and uh, Hugh hasn't come with Enid. Who can blame him? And Liz mm. is a total dick about it. Like oh really, God. really out of character. She's really gotten caught up in this whole thing uh, because mm. she just is on one now about Big Mesa because she's like, uh, yeah, because the, the other kind of people in the gang there are like, oh, you know, I understand why he didn't want to come. You know, that's fair. But Liz is like, oh, I can't understand. It's bad enough he goes to Big Mesa. At least he could have the guts to support his rotten school. And everyone's kind of shocked. And they're like, like Liz, what? what are you talking about? Um, and Ian is really hurt by this. But for some reason, she couldn't stop herself and didn't even try. And she goes, you know, face it. It was a wimpy move. And Enid is like, uh, he's not a wimp. He was thinking about me and didn't want to put me in a bad situation. And then Liz is like, fine, Hugh's a hero. And has been really like <sighs> sarcastic and horrible to Enid, like who has always yeah. stood by this bitch. Um, but yeah, then in the meantime, I guess Todd scores a point and she's all distracted and excited by that. Mm. And she's like, oh, you know, all I can say is I'm glad Todd's not that kind of hero. And Enid's like, you are oh. out of line. Say what you yeah. like about me any day of the week, but leave Hugh alone. But also don't say what you like about Enid. She's doing yeah. nothing but good to you. <laughs> Too good, if you ask me. And then, yeah, Liz is like, okay, I'll say what I like about you. You should be more grateful, Enid. If it wasn't for me, if I hadn't <gasps> been, if it had been up to Jessica and her friends, you wouldn't be taking your darling Hugh to the prom tomorrow night like shut up fuck, Liz? she's up? actually been possessed like see mm. school spirit does nobody any good it's <laughs> <laughs> a force it, for evil <laughs> it does and speaking of up to no good we see that bruce is throwing water bombs down at the big mesa bench and he's wearing his club x jacket it's back oh, you know he's up to no good when the leather is back on the scene <laughs> So, of course, Todd scores the winning basket. The match is over. And Todd, we're told, ever the, ever the sportsman, uh, goes to shake hands with uh, with the opponents, as is tradition. But the hmm. kids wash the court and basically the big Mesa team have to run for their lives. Jesus, yeah. It's like this whole mob of Sweet Valley students just descends on the court. So, yeah, the team just have to fucking peg it back to the locker rooms in fright, I guess. So it's like oh shit so I guess this rivalry is going absolutely nowhere and everybody has lost their damn minds they 100% have later Jessica arrives at the dairy burger born aloft by Sam <laughs> and waving pom-poms as my notes say insufferable 
just, <laughs> truly just <laughs> sickening and she joins Ted and Terry and Winston and Maria and are somehow shocked to see their good friends Liz and Todd are at the same table <laughs> as them so the twins ignore each other and Todd and Sam God love them just keep exchanging meaningful looks and being like oh my god these oh god I guess this is gonna pass yeah, pretty much so everyone praises Todd Liz gets smug Jessica frowns and Ooh. then the gang are all worried that Big Mesa may take revenge at the prom and Winston points out yeah like Club X is back you know I guess I say they've got to get use out of those jackets and mm. um, Ken says that like they that shower uh club x are clearly looking for trouble and terry makes a joke i was like oh well you know todd when you're up here prom king throne you can you know control them all and jessica finally <laughs> as a realization and uh it is extremely extremely dramatic because we're we are told the blood drained from Jessica's face, leaving her pale as a mushroom. Oh, just a little bland mushroom. <laughs> but yeah, she, for some reason, it hadn't occurred to her beforehand oh that uh, the clear and quite obvious choice for prom king is Todd, of course. So yeah. like... Come on, Jess, how did this not occur to you at all? Um, but yeah, she's like, you know, and the timing couldn't be any more perfect for him. He'd been the star of this decisive win over Big Mesa. He's a shoe in for the title of prom king. And Shiri thinks then if Todd is chosen king, Jessica gulped, that uh, Liz is a surefire hit then to be the queen at 10 o'clock. So she's like, why didn't I think of that? No wonder Liz looks so smug. So then very uncharitably, oh. she thinks, oh my meanwhile, God. She was stuck with a nobody boyfriend who didn't help her campaign in the least. A dumb dirt biker of all things from stupid old Bridgewater. Like, the cheek. I am sorry. Like, where did this come from? This is just shocking. Um, so it's, uh, you don't deserve Sam. I mean, Not we, in for the many, slightest. many reasons, he'd be better without you. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, she, she decides that, uh, you know, she, she just can't. I mean, she wasn't holding herself back before. So she's like, I'm ready to play rough. She has to look up any, uh, for any opportunity to knock her sister out of the way and snatch the crown for herself. Oh, boy. So we cut to Saturday afternoon and the Sweet Valley High Gymnasium has been transformed, we're told, into a veritable tropical paradise. Yeah, um, again, it's it's a bit of everything. So Where is this jungle meant to be? <laughs> there's glossy green paper leaves and vines covering the walls. Real potted palm trees are scattered here and there. Uh, life-size cardboard cutouts of wild animals are looming from the foliage. We've got lions, monkeys, giraffes, elephants. Wow. Um, there's posters for environmental alert up around the place. It's perfect, apparently. Uh the thrones have been constructed, uh, <gasps> real vines and fresh flowers. Like oh they have gone all out in fairness, uh, but it's also an absolute fucking hodgepodge of <laughs> all kinds of things. Um, but I guess the yeah. overall effect remains jungle. So there's that. <laughs> yes, just g- generic jungle. So uh, Liz wishes she could share it with Jessica, uh, you know, because it's such a big deal and they've always shared big moments together. And so she feels bad and wonders if the throne is worth it. And a tear rolls down her cheek as she wonders what the night will bring. But then Dee Dee turns up and is like, we've still got 100 balloons to blow up. So apparently (laughs) the reminder of her friend's presence was like sun and the morning mist and her feeling of (laughs) foreboding is dispelled. So... As I don't say, Jess the lazy prick turns up later and is delighted she was right about the last shift being just a dos. 
Because it is. God, like this is it. It's all been done. All the work has been done. So all she has to do is wander around and just admire the decorations. Like apparently everything looks great. Uh, The jungle prom has been transformed from a dream into a reality. So yeah, literally she's turned up for this shift and doesn't have to do a single thing. So she's delighted uh, and is imagining herself uh, looking over her adoring fans when she's sitting on the throne um, and then thinks that, you know, it doesn't matter if Todd is the obvious choice for prom king. When push comes to shove, when people actually sat down to fill out their ballots they were going to think of Jessica, glamorous head cheerleader and school idol. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So she's just again in a fantasy land, uh, <laughs> off on another one little flight of this. But uh, yes, she eventually gets to her feet and jumps down from the stage, but then spots uh, a small leather book that looks very familiar and realizes that apparently it's Liz's like appointment book or date book date or something book, yeah. I was like, like for a, a second I was like diary. oh god I was like oh god are we doing another fucking lost diary stolen oh. diary subplot but uh, but no it's literally where she keeps like appointments and homework mm. assignments and kind of yeah it's like a to-do list basically yeah so um yeah she kind of realizes that you know oh, this book is so important to Liz and she never would have left it befi- behind if she wasn't terribly preoccupied and busy and she kind of starts to realize that Liz really has put a lot of work into this Um, and that she's gone all out for this prom and kind of thinks you know if it had been up to me to decorate this gym I would have just thrown around a bunch of streamers and opened some bags of potato chips she kind of starts to wonder god maybe Liz really does deserve this title but as she's thinking that somewhere nearby a door slammed its heavy echoing thud cut off her thought like a sharp blade because we are going full on overwrought here (laughs) yes we are Jessica shivers suddenly feeling cold and alone the sound was so desolate so final (laughs) Well, I mean, just a few minutes before we had been told her doubt and anxiety had disappeared like rain clouds retreating before a dry, clearing wind. I mean, they are getting their (laughs) money's worth out of their big book of weather metaphors. There's so much weather. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, she... um, I I really thought something was going to happen with that diary and it doesn't, Hmm. unless it turns up one of the later books, but it just seems kind of like a... It's more like it serves to remind Jessica that Liz has actually done a lot of work here. Yeah. So we have a very brief scene where we just cut to Fowler Crest where basically all you need to know is Lila's so excited about the pram she doesn't care that her dad is away again and he's just doing his random phone call before, you know, between Mm. jetting from one place to the other because basically she she can look after herself now. And uh, then we cut to the casa. The sun is setting in a blaze of purple and orange as Elizabeth <laughs> gets ready in her uh, in in the dress she ended up choosing for the prom. So she didn't go for that that uh, racy number. And mm-hmm. there is a slightly poignant moment where she has a bit of trouble with the zip, and she automatically starts to call for Jessica, but realizes she can't. Um, and she gets into the dress, but of course she looks amazing. She goes to the bathroom to do her makeup and look for like a comb for uh, to do up her hair and Jessica is there and it's really icy and awkward but Mm. this does not deter Liz because we're told that um, you know as they have this sort of like do have you seen my hair comb you know very very cold exchange Um, Jessica or Liz thinks I've worked hard for this I'm not going to crumble now Elizabeth determined her eyes flashing with cold hard light I'm going to wear the prom queen's crown Fucking hell. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Jessica inwardly sneers at Liz's more demure look as she gets into her own ensemble and uh, does her own makeup and hair, uh, which we are told is wild and sexy. Mm-hmm. And the boys arrive and it's all so awkward. 
Um, Like, (laughs) first of all, because they both arrived at the same time and Todd, uh, you know, obviously praises Liz and Jessica has to admit that, you know, she was considering that Liz was frumpy a few minutes ago, but actually now she she has to realise that Elizabeth looked like a princess or maybe even a queen. Uh-oh. <laughs> mm. Then Sam says, Jessica, you're a goddess. And she's like, yes, that's better than a queen. <laughs> um, so Ned insists on taking pictures. It gets even more awkward because he makes them do it mm. together. And it's just, I guess, that's the picture on the cover. And Jessica, we're, we're more seeing this from Jessica's POV. So she's like getting really petty. She's even thinking like, oh, Sam's course, the Sam course. The corsage Sam bought me is like for my wrist and looks a bit tacky in comparison to the other one. It's like, mm, why can't Sam be good enough for me, basically? So oh. Ned bids them farewell and says the fatal words. <laughs> good night, kids. Have a night to remember. Hey! Oh. <laughs> they said the book title. I don't think they ever really do that. <laughs> no, they don't usually have a thing like, sounds like you've got some secrets or it sounds like this is a showdown or sounds like this is the ghost of Trisha Martin (laughs) I hope you kids aren't taking sides I hope you're not on the edge so uh, by the way I can't believe I was halfway through this when I realised that A Night to Remember is of course the title of a really great film about the Titanic so yeah a 1958 film about the the Titanic and it's brilliant I only saw it for the first time quite recently and uh, it's it's better than titanic titanic i have to say so uh i guess another another uh disaster forever the fucking jungle prom was about as successful as the titanic so there's yeah. that <laughs> so um liz and todd uh, arrive at the at the gym and of course everything looks magical there's <gasps> japanese lanterns there's you know it's a it's a beautiful sight. The fra- evening mm. air is fragrant, and the pulse of reggae music wrapped around them as they head to the gym. And everybody is gasping because, of course, all the attendees haven't seen the decoration gym before. So mm. you know it's it's genuinely pretty pretty incredible. Um, and Winston and and Andrea greet them and give them their mini yearbooks and royal ballots, and uh, for the for the first for the prom king vote, and we're told that. Even more brilliant and exotic than the decorations were the Sweet Valley High students themselves. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> really? Oh, okay. I guess. Well, look, everybody is dressed up to the nines. It's been a while since they've had a school dance, so maybe everybody forgot how good looking they all are. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, we're told that with the music of Island Sunsplash completing the exotic atmosphere, it was a breathtaking spectacle. Sure is. So everyone is raving to Liz about how great it all is. And she's like, do you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this. I'm going to enjoy my moment in the live night. Yeah. And of course, Jessica isn't having fun because Liz, rightly, is getting all the credit for organising this, as well she should. 
Oh God. Yeah, she's moping to Sam that not a single person has come up to her to thank her for doing such a great job. And Sam is like, well, she did work awfully hard on this. And again, Jessica takes this really badly and is like, oh, I can't believe you. She's like astounded by his betrayal. Maybe maybe Elizabeth had worked hard. Jessica herself was willing to admit this off the record. But that didn't mean that Sam of all people should be singing her praises. So she's just getting all snippy with him and just like, why don't you just carry a sign? Elizabeth Wakefield for prom queen. And Sam is just like, oh God, don't get your nose out of joint. And he's kind of losing patience with her at this stage which is yeah. fair because she has oh been a God. nightmare like she's just been the worst all the way through this book um so she's just like look i don't want to hear it and you know obviously i can't count on you to help me win votes so i know you don't mind fending for yourself for a while she's like you know lots of people here go ask someone to dance and she stomps off because she doesn't want to deal with him right now and decides she needs to try and win some votes for herself and do some campaigning so she's going to go hit the trail and fucking badger some people <laughs> into voting for her so yeah so she heads over to where is it to the, like the refreshment table mm. to uh to, to make a start and that is the last time she will ever talk to sam oh god oh my god you're oh. right jesus it just dawned on me now that's bad oh so, uh, yeah, she goes over and talks to Sally Larson and uh, she's such a brick. By the way, Sally Larson's um, boyfriend is called Mark Riley. I presume not the same Mark Riley. He was in The Fall and is now a DJ on Radio BBC Six Music. Who knows, though, given the timeline of these books. Could be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she uh, she says, hot dress, Sally. And Sally's like, oh, it's one of Dana's. And Jessica thinks, like, I couldn't have guessed that. You usually dress like someone who works in a morgue. Such a brick. <laughs> Such a prick. <laughs> so she pretends to them because they're like praising the band and, you know, the whole like the decoration. She's like, yeah, aren't they great? Figuring it didn't hurt to pretend she had something to do with booking them. We listened to a lot of demo tapes. And they were by far the best. And then she says about Sally praising the decorations. And Jessica's like, yeah, it was a long day, but we had fun. It was worth it. I was going to do anything to make this prom happen. So she's... I, I, she has rarely been less sympathetic, which is saying something. <laughs> well, that is true. Like she is just shamelessly wandering around now, making it sound like she single-handedly decorated this fucking gym and booked the band and did everything. But like, hmm. we know that she didn't do anything. Uh, but yeah, she as she's kind of making her rounds, uh, <laughs> she can hear this like a momentary lull and she kind of becomes aware of a murmur going around the room. Oh and she hears somebody say, big mesa they just showed up nine or ten of them so jessica kind of gets a bit like a shot of adrenaline kind of flows through her and she's like oh god big mesa kids here at the jungle prom so she uh so she kind of heads out towards the entrance to see what's going on mm. uh so yeah it turns out that some big mesa kids are trying to get Winston an uncomfortable winston mm. uh, to sell them tickets which he does because like they seem legit they have girls with them and bruce and ronnie and charlie like how charlie is not how anybody is tolerating being in the same space is, is so mm. depressing and proves that yeah. these kids have learned nothing but um anyway <laughs> they want to boot them all out but a deep voice commands hold us as bruce goes <laughs> to his goons to take care of the the arrivals he stays calm and cool and he persuades ken to stand by him and it's like look they're not causing any trouble this will just be provocation if um if we do anything when they're just standing there so the losers back off and miserable jessica realizes that with authority like this um you know he's he looks like a leader and a hero he's got the prom king role so or sewn up mm. will this be his queen <gasps> Meanwhile, Lila's feeling alone in the crowd. And, 
literally nice but um, (laughs) she sees nathan and she kind of tries to flirt with him but she she she, he's just not taking it um like because uh he's like oh i wasn't good at high school dances you know i could never get, get up the nerve for girls to dance and uh she starts like, oh, too bad. There are probably a lot of disappointed girls, broken hearts. And he's like, I don't know about that. Well, it's good to see you. Like, how, you know, glad you made your yeah. decision to come. Like, he is cutting, like, cutting her off. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, well, you know, I better get back on the beach. I've got to keep an eye on these big Mesa kids. And then says, save a dance for me later. Um, but I guess in Sweet Valley, they, that doesn't mean a slow dance or anything. That means they're just sort of no. moving around. So. Yeah, it's a very innocent thing, I think, to say to somebody. Yeah. yeah. So 9 p.m. Oh, sorry. Lila can't wait for him as she thinks to claim his dance. Mm. We cut to 9 p.m. It's time for the big reveal of Prom King. Of course, it's Todd. And of course, yes. he right, rather sweetly says, look, the only reason I even want to get it is because I know you're going to win, Liz, and I want you by my side to scream. Yeah. So Winston calls him on stage, he gets his crown and he hears his duties. So, uh, yeah, we they did actually mention this earlier. He has to draw the raffle tickets until the prom queen is announced. So Liz is uh, is dateless. And Jessica, of course, witnesses all this. And she is enraged. Because how could she stop Liz winning now? And then mm. a big Mesa boy chats her up kind of inevitably. And she's giving him the cold shoulder until she sees who Liz is dancing with. Hmm. Well, Liz is dancing with Sam. <laughs> <gasps> but like, it's, uh, yeah, she's kind of, she, yeah, she's listening to this guy, guy kind of annoying her and she's like, oh God, I'm getting out of here. But then, yeah, spots Liz dancing with Sam and she kind of thinks, God, the song is lively and they're really going wild. Elizabeth doesn't usually shake it like that, Jessica. Suddenly <laughs> suspicious. And why does Sam have that foolish smile on his face? But of course, like Liz and Sam are friends and she literally told Sam, fuck off and find someone to dance with. Like Liz is now dateless. So it's like, it, there, it is totally innocent. But now, of course, she's just on such a fucking like on this like one woman fucking mission to get this crown and always thinking the worst of Liz now she's decided that oh it's not enough she's she's trying to steal my crown and she's trying to steal my boyfriend yes I mean it's it's unhinged but I mean not for the first time she's um so yeah she's uh she's basically psychotic with rage Mm. at this stage proceedings then she realizes something about the big Mesa boy who was chatting her up we're told by the way this is like this is not what happens when someone's a bit drunk but I I guess the readers of this book original readers of this book did not know that because Mm. his um like he's he's kind of cute with chiseled features but his the reason his eyes look so bright practically jumping out of his tanned face were are because the whites of his eyes were bloodshot like the whites of your eyes aren't bloodshot from just having a few drinks Mm. what has he been doing he Uh, was smoking some weed out the back Whereas I was reading it as them trying to pretend that or present somebody who's had a few, like a bag of cans somewhere (laughs) is actually the equivalent to somebody who's like drinking two bottles of vodka a day and is like (laughs) serious, you know, liver damage and is throwing up a lot and uh, giving themselves bloodshot eyes. But I guess Mm. it's just maybe maybe he and who can blame him from having a smoke out the back because it needs (laughs) something to take the edge off in this town. Truly. (laughs) 
But so, yeah, she, uh, she she takes all this in and does surmise that uh, that this guy is drunk. So um, she uh, she she realizes uh, that he's uh, that he's got some booze in his in his cup, and she's he's she asks for some, um, because she suddenly has an idea. And she's like, you know, can I have some of your drink? And he offers her the cup. And she's like, oh, I should drink out of my own cup. I have a cold. She lies. And she grabs an empty cup from the refreshment table. The guy takes out a hip flask and pours some of it into her cup. And she's like, oh, can I have a little bit more than that? For my friends, my girlfriends, I bet I can talk a bunch of them into leaving the dance too. We can go someplace and party together. So basically this he just thinks that he's going to like, she's going to take him for some sort of orgy with the Sweet Valley cheerleaders. So he pours out the rest of his hip flask into the uh, into the cup. Jessica looks towards the dance floor, a cold, speculative glint in her eye. Thanks. I'll be right back, she promised. <gasps> now, we have to judge how much. I'm assuming this is basically a nagging sized amount of vodka. Because they do keep saying I you mean, can't taste it when it's in punch. So I'm assuming it's vodka. I, yeah, and they do say it's clear liquid. So mm. it does seem it's like it would gin. be vodka. Yeah. But like, it's also, it's like... A cup. I suppose I'm thinking of like a little paper cup. Maybe it's like one of those yes. big red party cups that they have. Oh, I was thinking of a little paper yeah. cup too. Yeah, same. Um, so it's basically it's not that much booze, like in the uh, in, in the greater scheme of things. No, but like it, it really, it really, it really spe- doesn't seem like it could possibly be that much. Yeah. Now, I don't really drink spirits apart from the odd gin and tonic, so I, you know, maybe it'll pack a power, more powerful punch, or, <sighs> mm. or you know, she is mixing it in with punch, and uh, what would that create, Karen? Well, it might be something that can do a playful punch. <gasps> <gasps> the ultimate playful punch! <laughs> this is where all the playful punches have been leading to <laughs> there we go they're always going to end in disaster True. um and uh yeah uh so she's basically um jessica heads towards liz and sam with her um with her cup full of booze and she um she realizes they're still dancing together and she stares hard at them as if by sheer force and will of will she could force them apart instead as jessica looked on in complete outrage elizabeth shimmied closer to sam in order to tell him something that made him throw back his head and laugh she is sure that they are laughing about the foolishness of her ambition to become prom queen and the hopelessness of her soon to be shattered dream wow she is unhinged so she goes over to the table where Liz and Sam left their things so she's like Sam's jacket Liz's bag their little mini yearbooks and two cups of Jungle Prom Tropical Punch so um, she realises that one of them has lipstick mark on it so that's obviously Liz's and it's um, it's uh, half full so the other one's almost Mm. empty so she pours a little bit of booze into Liz's cup but then she's like fuck it and throws the whole thing in and thinks I might as well get rid of the evidence the deed done we're told she scurried away from the scene of the crime so um, she watches from the shadows as Liz and Todd or Liz and Sam return to their to their stuff and she's full of suspense as Liz um, goes back to the table but as if on cue Liz reaches for the cup and takes a small sip then a long drink uh, a longer deeper one and a wicked smile spreads slowly across Jessica's face what an idiot. She, she can't even tell it's spiked. What? Oh, God. She's monstrous. 
Truly. Then she's like, ha ha ha, it really was a hoot. Elizabeth Wakefield, the most upstanding, self-righteous person in Sweet Valley High, breaking the cardinal rule against drinking. Well, she wants, to ha- she wants to have it all, even what doesn't belong to her. This'll show her. And she moves away, just as Liz pours half of her cup into Sam's. <gasps> so yeah, um, I don't think Jessica sees that. She doesn't, um, no. No, so she doesn't away. know that, that that's what's happened. But yeah, she is fully fucking deranged at this point. Mm. So meanwhile, Lila's grooving with Nathan. So yes, it is not a slow dance, thank heavens. Mm. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, I've got to go to the refreshment table. I need a break. Um, so uh, they they go to the to the table, but then Liz, or Lila can hear somebody say, stinking drunk, and other people gasping. And Lila's ears prick up <laughs> as well, they watch. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, stinking drunk, who, where? Mm, sounds good. And she hears an- she hears another girl uh, talk about, uh, or she, she overhears the words, yeah, her own sister's boyfriend, Sam, what's his name, from Bridgewater. And Lila's kind of like, wait, Sam from Bridgewater? She's like, but sure, that's, that'd be like Jessica's Sam. And she's like, they yeah. can't be talking about Elizabeth. So she kind of looks over at Nathan and he's after stepping away to have like a, some kind of urgent, uh, whispered conversation with the music teacher. Uh, and they both look over to the dance floor. So Lila kind of follows the way that they're looking and sees that uh, loads of people are actually staring at this site on the dance floor, which apparently is revealed to be Liz and Sam dancing as though they were in some kind of contest. They twirled each other around in crazy circles. Sam dipped a Elizabeth down to the floor, then flung her high in the air while he spun around on his heel, both of them laughing like hyenas. Now, I have had a cup of vodka with other stuff, and I have never broken out into spontaneous fucking swing dancing. What the hell? This is hilarious. Very elaborate moves, I can tell you. Like um, it's it's like Jessica and Bruce at the beach disco type of dancing. Like they oh, have full on got the moves here. They really do. And also, how do they get drunk this quickly? This is like five I minutes. Know. Yeah, like, look, none of this makes any sense. But I, again, it's like, it's Sweet Valley. Normal rules don't apply. One line of Coke will kill you and half a cup of fucking vodka will make you the most hammered you've ever been in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just say no, kids. Just say no. There you go. <laughs> Especially in Sweet Valley, because that shit's strong, whatever it is. Yes. So, um, yeah, Li- uh, Jessica, is, or sorry, Lila is is shocked by by this. And um, Nathan is like, you know, is tr- wondering, basically, are they actually drunk? And says, I'd approach them if it were anybody else, if it weren't Elizabeth Wakefield. And Lila hilariously say, says, look, I've known her since we were infants and there's absolutely no way she'd, associ- she'd touch a drop or associate with anyone who did. And says, I mean, I personally think it would be hilarious if she were drunk, but it's just not possible. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a great bit because when she sees this for the first time, she thinks she'd never seen Elizabeth act like this. Never in all the years she had known and despised her. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, we are getting a better class of ghostwriter from now on. They are like, they're enjoying themselves a lot. They are going in. It's great. <laughs> So um, Winston then washes up looking for Mr. Pritchard, as he says, because there's a big gang of big Mesa kids and they're all demanding to get in. So Nathan hurries off to help him and Lila swoons because she's fed up with all these stupid boys of Sweet Valley High, whereas mm. Nathan Pritchard was a man. Uh-oh. Meanwhile, Fliz is just going buck wild. As, <laughs> uh... <laughs> they are having a great time. 
Oh my god, they really are. Like, they're <laughs> dancing up a storm, like, ridiculously so. But, um, yeah, they're just kind of, they are having a great time and just laughing loads. And uh, they're like, oh, we're so good at this. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, talking about how much fun they're having. They kind of bump into Ken and Terry and they kind of, Sam is very solemn and goes, excuse us, we're tangoing. And they start laughing again. Um, everyone's kind of looking at them, kind of going, what is going up with these two? And then Liz says, how about the Charleston? Do you know how to do that? And then another weird, <laughs> like tie in with oh where we God. are with the TV series at the minute because he goes yeah sure like that movie where the kids are dancing in the gym and the floor opens up and they fall into a swimming pool so he's talking about it's a wonderful life and like the last literally the last episode of the TV show that we recapped was yeah. you call this a wonderful life which was the Sweet Valley take on it's a wonderful yes. life so that yes. really made me laugh because this keeps happening and it's so not on purpose I cannot stress enough how we are not that organized <laughs> Not even vaguely. Um, <laughs> but I did like this uh, little mm. synergy. Um, so uh, they they're, they're keep up their drunken antics, which are highly entertaining. But Enid is concerned because she knows like something's up with Liz. Liz is yeah. like, I'm fine. I'm sorry I'm such a dick with you. You know, you're my best friend. And I know, you know, um, I'm sorry, Hugh. Like, are we, I hope we're still friends. And he's like, yeah, we are. But are you okay? And she's like, mm. yeah. Um, I'm fine. Like she's just really <laughs> a staggering right. She is really entertaining. I have to say, drunk Liz. Oh, honestly, is a good time. diary drink, diary Liz, and drunk Liz are great fun. Yes. <laughs> if only she had got into a car, oh. drunk Liz would just be like, "Do you know what? Good for you." Yeah, one off. Like you're not doing this every five every week. It's fine. So, um, Liz returns to the dance floor, staggers off. They do a lot of staggering off together. And I don't know why the mental image is really funny and the two of them just sort of <laughs> waddling around the place. But um, she tells Sam, like, she just doesn't give a shit about the prom queen stuff. Do you know what? It's stupid. It's not her. It's Jessica's sort of thing. She was born to be prom queen and Sam agrees. And she's like, look, I don't need to change. I don't need to compete with Jessica. I'm brilliant the way I, you know, I'm great the way I am. And so I was like, you are great the way you are. And, uh, and Jessica's great. Um, I love her, but you're you. Don't change, Liz. And they flicker their arms around each other. And um, then this is really convincing drunkenness because she calls out, she grabs Sam and drags, drags him over to some of the other girls from the committee and says, I have an announcement. As of this moment, I am with... Whiff, why can't I say this stupid word? Whiff drawing from the race for Frank Queen. <laughs> us has not been that stupid one person. Truly just stumbling over very straightforward words and simply cannot get them out. But yeah, so uh, Andrea and Patty are kind of amazed by this. They're like, what, what are you talking about? She's like, yep, I'm dropping out. Tell people not to vote for me. I won't accept the crown. Let Jessica have it, right? <gasps> and Sam is like, yeah, let Jessica have it. So yeah, she's like, you know, it doesn't matter to me that she'll get to go to Brazil. And so what if she screws up as smokes the spokesperson <laughs> for the rainforest? So what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it's so I well, I mean I'm laughing now because soon there'll be tears. But oh. um yeah, they uh so yeah, it's basically so one of Jessica fucks it up. I don't know, see my girl, it's not my problem. And she and hit mm. and Sam hit the dance floor again. She feels like a huge weight has been lifted from her shoulders. Oh. So cut to ten PM. Winston announces the prom queen. Of course, it's Jessica. But then she hears that Liz has dropped out, and she realizes as she's as the crown is placed on her head, and as the 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 um 
you know, or actually before the crown is placed in her head, she starts hearing people say, oh, you know, Liz dropped out. Like, Liz yeah, out. I think she's on her way up. She's on her way up she to is. the stage, maybe. And she can hear yes. someone say, yeah, she probably would have won anyway, but it certainly didn't hurt your chances like that Liz dropped out at the last minute. So she's yeah. kind of putting on the big smile, but feels like the heart had been carved out of her triumph. And she's like, why would Liz have dropped out? And then um, she realizes it was probably her dirty trick. Uh Oh, yeah, this is it. So she's kind of, there's no... There's no kind of pleasure in in the win really at all yeah. for her. Mm. Yeah. So uh, she wonders as the crown of thor of crown of flowers, crown of thorns, <laughs> indeed, <laughs> uh, is uh, placed on her head. The crown of thor, uh, crown of flowers, feels heavy. <laughs> its sweetness smothered her. Was it really worth it? She wonders. Mm. <laughs> so Todd, of course, is doing his duty, which seems again to involve a lot of admin, handing out raffle prizes and things. Oh God. And he's he's noticed Liz's uh, wild moves, and uh, she, he looks at the dance floor just in time to see uh, grab Elizabeth by the waist and flip her head over heels. Miraculously, she landed on her feet, and they went on dancing three times as fast as anybody else. What is in this bunch? Like, Honestly, it's, it's I, not just vodka. No, I need answers. Like something is happening here because they are basically professional dancers now. Yes. <laughs> So, um, yeah, uh, Jessica joins him on stage. She's won her crown and he admits he's surprised Liz didn't win. And before Jessica can say anything, Alan uh, Waters from the Oracle is, you know, leads them to pose for pictures. But um, while they're the, the, the camera is flashing, Todd sees Sam and Liz wrapped around each other. So stupid. Like, why do you think that they are doing something behind your back? It's not even behind your back, it's in front of your face. Exactly, Why did your yeah. heart drop? This is obviously an innocent spectacle. I know. But then again, it is Todd and Liz and they're those who are always ripe for fucking misunderstandings. And oh my God, I can't believe you're cheating on me. Oh, literally true. <laughs> oh my God, we had the diary where it was like two lines of a letter and it was like, go to the woman you really love. <laughs> Get out of here, cute buns. <laughs> Well, yes, he sees Liz fling her arms around Sam's neck and he wraps both of his arms around her waist. They're locked in a tight embrace. So baffled and pained, he thinks, how could you do this to me? Uh, So, uh, yeah, Jessica is still being photographed and she she can't really concentrate on it. And as Alan finishes up, she notices that Liz and Sam aren't dancing together. Their arms wrapped around each other. They stumbled across the floor, charting an erratic path towards the table where they'd left their things. Jessica realises she could barely walk. She could barely stand. What on earth had Jessica done to Elizabeth? Uh Uh-oh. Bit late now, Jessica. Fucking hell. Hmm. So meanwhile, Bruce is with his pathetic horrible unlikable goons like again mm. how is Bruce the most popular person if he's hanging out with fucking Ronnie and racist uh, thug Charlie um, mm. but uh, yeah he's grumbling about the stupid coon queen stuff and Lila passes by and says oh he just got sour grapes and um, you know they jibe at each other for a bit and uh, Jessica or Lila says I chose to come alone what's your excuse Andrea finally get fed up with your macho behaviour or did your inflatable doll pop when you pinned on her corsage <laughs> <laughs> like that that is the saltiest thing anybody has ever said to Bruce Batman and it's fucking wonderful <laughs> isn't it <laughs> so so, so Bruce hits back with an unforgivable jibe Oh yeah, this because like, I was I was willing to extend some sympathy to Bruce because mm. of what he's clearly going through and how mm-hmm. how how tough things are for him internally with Regina and all. But this truly is 
too far. Um, yeah, because he he turns around to Lila and says, yeah, just watch out. There's a lot of single guys roaming around here tonight and they're not all as chivalrous as me. I bet some of these big Mesa guys would make our friend John Pfeiffer look tame. And then he's really like delighted with himself when he sees the kind of look on Lila's face and kind of thinks, yeah, that'll shut her up for now. And they just kind of stalk off. But it's just such a fucking awful thing to say to her. Like, Yeah, it's it's really really unforgivable. Mm, So, um, yeah, uh, Lila, um, he and he, he he thinks gotcha when he saws sees the look yeah. in um, Lila's eyes. So um, yeah, Lila uh, continues. Um, uh, she she's um, she's oh sorry he uh, he continues his patrol. Bruce mm. continues his patrol with his goons, but then Big Mesa attacks. <laughs> Oh God, yeah, there's angry shouts uh, and a surge of bodies start powering through the crowd. Um, so yeah, Bruce recognises the lads running towards him. Some of them are wearing like red and black stripes. These are the, the colours for Big Mesa. Uh, so he realises what's happening and like these Big Mesa boys raced through the centre of the gym, hurling taunts, throwing random punches as they went. So Bruce is like, oh, they're going outside to the football field. So it's like, did they kind of storm into the gym to just go through it and out the other side to the football field like it's all very chaotic and I don't really get what's happening but basically yes. Big Mesa are here they're, they're throwing digs and shit's going down yeah. yeah oh my god and Bruce summons his minions it's time for a showdown so uh, yeah they're all heading out to the it's like they agreed to do this um, <laughs> but they uh, they head out to the playing field because he's um, mm. there's apparently they're going to meet their foes on the field and uh, yeah yeah time for the showdown. Meanwhile, Jessica tries to find Liz in the Malay, but she keeps being waylaid by admirers. I mean, that always happens to me, obviously, when I go through a crowd. Oh, but, uh, it's so annoying. Yeah, like, oh, that's so much you guys. <laughs> 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 so of course she's still blaming Liz because she's not sure who's more stupid she for spiking the drink Liz for not realising and like the thing is if you're drunk you notice you're drunk like if everything starts if you start being a bit like Whoa, mm. you would start thinking shit something's wrong you wouldn't necessarily I... go my sister spiked my drink but I feel that you would notice <laughs> that you felt a bit weird but I guess it's like she's never been drunk before she True. has no reason to believe that she's drunk True. also it's Sweet Valley and we just have to suspend our disbelief sometimes very true okay sorry don't know what I'm thinking stop looking for logic in Sweet yeah. Valley what's the matter oh god I'm losing my mind That's, this episode has been going on for three hours so I guess that's oh right. please release us <laughs> Well, we're on the home stretch now. We're nearly, so, nearly there now. <laughs> so Jessica is genuinely worried about Liz, but also what will happen when she goes home to Ned and Alice, because, um, mm-hmm. you know, she, uh, she'll she be fucked, basically. And yeah. she um, she notices uh, <laughs> Sam and, and Liz wobbling through the door, which is like, where on earth are they going? I like the idea that they're just sort of like, wee, just staggering around the place. <laughs> well, people much, are yeah. like, where are they now? <laughs> so Todd is on their trail and um like there's a really huge crowd, but Jessica tries to join him and she tries to um signify like that Liz is drunk or that you know something's seriously wrong. Um but she can't she can't get to him. She's swept away by the crowd. Uh we cut to Lila, she's trying to get out, she's panicking, there's boys pushing around her, she's just freaked out. 
Jess is also trapped in another part of the crowd. Now she's really worried about someone getting badly hurt, but she has to find Liz. And when she finally gets outside, she sees most of the mob heading for the field. Like they've got to run. Like it's pretty, you know, difficult <laughs> with the admin. I love it. They just understood. Yeah, even even Ryan had paperwork probably. Or like, so okay, so we agree we're going to meet out on the football field. Okay, cool. <laughs> so she can't find Liz and Sam, and then she sees them just as they get into the jeep. Shit. Yeah. So she's obviously panicking, freaking out. It's all very again dramatic. This moonlight shimmering on their hair. Both were blonde. The boy was tall, <laughs> and she kind of sees the icy blue dress. It's very like, uh, oh yeah, the girl's dress seemed to float a ghostly, paler than pale blue because we are getting atmos fucking ferric. Uh, so she sees them. Yeah, climb into the jeep. She runs after them to try and stop them, but she trips and falls. Um, but like, yeah, she's like, fuck, Elizabeth cannot drive in this condition. She's trying to stop them. They can't hear her or see her. Uh, so yeah, when she falls, of course, she can't catch up with them in time. By the time she kind of scrambles back to her feet, they are gone and it is serious. So desperate Todd runs up and uh, Jessica says, Liz is not herself. We have to go after her. We cut back to the school or the gym where Lila is trying to get out and there is a kind of hilarious moment where some big, uh, big Mesa girls face off against the Sweet Valley girls and there's like, what are you two chicken to go out in the field? Says a statuesque platinum blonde. Yeah, are you too scared to get to see your wimpy boyfriends get beaten to a pulp? And one of the Sweet Valley girls says, we're not scared of anything. We are sick to our stomachs from having to look at, our, uh, at your ugly faces. Don't you think you better run back to Big Mesa and cross into your coffins before the sun rises or are those plastic fangs and then the first big basic girl basically goes why are you yada and he <laughs> lunges at her pretty much yeah her friends are like struggling to restrain her and Lila is like oh fuck I am not getting involved in this so yeah. also while this is going down Lila is kind of eyeballing some of the big Mesa girls and she's like mm, bad die job yeah. so I do like <laughs> so that this... she's even in a riot she's, she's got an eye for style yeah she, she's still on the ball um, but yeah it's all everyone is freaking out like Lila is really getting worried now it's like a force beyond anyone's control seemed to have <gasps> taken over the night Uh-oh. so it's all a bit fucking panicky uh, somebody she kind of turns to run off away from where this fight mm. is about to break out and someone kind of grabs her shoulders so she freaks out and then realises it's Nathan so she's like oh god thank god it's you so Nathan is like okay are you alright things are getting out of hand here and we've had to call the police so he's like look in the meantime I'm just telling everyone I see to just leave the gym as quickly as as possible and she's like I'm trying to but I fucking can't get out of here everyone's pushing and shoving um, mm. she kind of realizes her whole body is shaking because obviously this is really having an effect on her so Nathan kind of sees how serious this is and he's like okay look let's get you out of here so he kind of leads her out of the crowd um, and she's really grateful she's like oh god thank god he's here he's the only fucking sane grown up responsible person in this whole place which yeah fair uh, but yeah. yeah he kind of eventually gets out of the gym and kind of takes they kind of end up in like a corridor where there's loads of other students as well, like in this hallway and people are kind of still coming up behind them. But uh, Nathan kind of finds like it's like a half open door of a classroom. And he's like, OK, in here just to kind of get away from this. Kind yes. Of crush yeah. Because he can see that hallway. she's really yeah. upset. And she's really panicky. Yeah. And upset by this. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, yeah, they're they're in this in this darkened uh, classroom and like because like she's shaking all over, like she's you know mm. she is really distressed, but her yeah. mind starts racing. She's in such a state, and then she starts thinking, "Why is he taking me here? Like this is all quiet." And thinking, you know, of other times where she was taken somewhere that was quiet. She thinks of another boy she liked and trusted who took her to, you know, secluded location, and uh, suddenly thinks uh you know he took he can only have one motive he was, wasn't trying to protect her at all he wasn't the kind trustworthy man he seemed to be he'd only been pretending to care about her to take advantage of her and um she uh she claps her hand to her mouth suppressing a scream and he's obviously worried and he's like you, you know you're okay you're safe and he takes a step towards her um his arm extended as if to touch her arm Lila leaped backwards the blood curdling scream ripping from her throat Oh God, yeah, and I, oh fuck, I really do feel for Lila here as well because she is properly like, she's so upset, she's so distressed, like she's not thinking clearly and obviously something really awful happened to her and of course this whole chain of events has just completely sent her reeling, so oh, it's awful. it's really awful and it's also, you know, the fact that um, uh, they, um, uh, they, there is no I mean I kind of have weird feelings about this is actually realistic yes I'm not sure how useful it is in a book aimed at young teenagers to have Mm. a sort of false rape Mm -hmm. accusation because obviously we do know yes these things do happen but they are very rare Mm -hmm. and while in the context of the story it's actually quite you know as a story it's actually quite it's very well done like mm, yes. in fairness to it like it is quite convincing that Lila would have all these feelings and Nathan is very clearly shown to be a good guy and a professional yeah. um th- I think that's fine for a book for adults I'm not sure how great it is in a book that 11 year olds are going to be reading where it could be True. like well but you know something happens to them they're just going to be uh, paranoid and never this is it again. yeah it's it is a case of like how how necessary really is this like yes it's very dramatic and and it, and it is realistic in a sense but like yeah it is it really necessary mm. to be presented as like this kind of thing happens? It's like it doesn't though. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Well, meanwhile, uh, Bruce races out onto the pitch, stripping <laughs> as he goes. Oh my goodness, he's taking off his shoes and everything. I don't know why he does this, but it's hilarious. <laughs> But yeah, it's so funny because like on the field, all the guys from Big Mesa are just like there waiting. It's like the warriors or something. They're all just there <laughs> waiting for each other. It's just so funny. Um, but yeah, he's like Bruce is just like the red mist has descended. He's just like, this is what I want. His eyes are burning. He's just racing towards this big like wall of Big Mesa lads. And he is absolutely spoiling for a fight oh. uh, because he's just so mixed up. All he wants is to just like take it out on some guys. So yeah he's just yeah tonight he felt as if after months of blind fruitless searching banging his head against the wall he was finally pointed in the right direction this is what I've been looking for so it's obviously just a release for all this like pent up kind of frustration and upset that he's been going through and reckons yeah "Yeah, this is what's going to sort me out so let's fucking do this and smash the heads off these lads Um, well I think it's also the fact that he you know even in the midst of this the thing that strikes me the most is that he can sit down and take his shoes off (laughs) take your shoes off takes a while (laughs) <laughs> like yeah he does stop for a second to kick off his shoes yank off his socks and say, hang on a second lads hopping on one foot I'm almost there <laughs> <No>. <laughs> go 
give me a minute. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> he falls over and steps on his shoelace. So, uh, yeah, he does get there and... Um, He's uh, whacked with a baseball bat, falls to the ground. He sees the attacker raise the bat for another blow. And he thinks, oh, you know, this is it. If I have to die in the field of Sweet Valley, then it's a lot of way to go. <laughs> but doesn't also, quite think that. What's with this fucking lunatic bringing a baseball bat? Like, he is fully about to murder Bruce, like, in the <laughs> middle of this field. It is wild. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, uh, before he can murder Bruce, um, <laughs> a vision... Uh, someone cries, no, no. Bruce glimpsed slender, pale arms, reaching out to grab the big mix of guy from behind. Craig, don't. Oh, give him a name, give him a name. That's uh, good for like trying to track down this uh, this man's would-be murderer later. Laterer? Um, <laughs> later. Because later. <laughs> he's down already. He's hurt. Please, just leave him alone. Bruce doesn't care that he's leaving himself wide open to attack. He has to see the owner of that sweet, otherworldly voice. And she looks familiar. Uh-oh. Yeah, the girl gazes down at him, her midnight blue eyes glowing with pity and concern with her pale face and swirling dark hair. She was like a vision, an angel. <laughs> Regina, Bruce thought, his brain foggy and confused. And he's like, no, it's not her. It couldn't be her. It's someone else. Someone even more beautiful and oh, rare. So fuck you, sorry. Regina, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I thought that was very harsh. Honestly, Bruce, come on now. But yeah, this girl stops this guy, Craig, from literally smashing Bruce's face in with a baseball bat. So she uh, she puts her hand out and helps him up. Uh, and he's mesmerized by this girl. Uh, their finger is like nearly brushing. But uh, yeah, suddenly there's a shout because the cops are on the scene. So everyone's like, oh, my God, let's get out of here. A flashing shadow. Someone aimed a foot to kick him in the head. So he's like, oh. Okay, so the girl kind of like disappears out of view because uh, Bruce has been fucking his head kicked in unconscious. So he is out for the count. Meanwhile, Jess and Todd finally get going and Jessica reveals that Liz is pissed, which shamefully says she doesn't know how she got drunk which is even in her panic here it does seem kind of unlikely that she wouldn't just be like so remorseful and like oh my god this is all my fault or something like she's just like oh i don't know how this happened it's like really like covering for yourself you feel like wouldn't really be high up on your list of things in the midst of all this but you know wouldn't be high after all Uh, exactly it's it wouldn't be high on our list of things yeah that's because very different so then they see cop cars there's been an accident it's the jeep (gasps) oh no uh yeah so they they hop out there's wailing sirens it's all very fucking dramatic uh she they they pull over and when they kind of scramble out to see what's going on um they realize that yes the jeep has tumbled down the embankment so it's (gasps) wheels to the sky big dark body crumbled the fucking jeep has flipped over off the road so jessica is screaming Yes. We cut back to Sweet Valley High. All is chaos as the cops arrive. They hear Lila mm-hmm. scream and they rush into the classroom uh, where Nathan assures them that, uh, no, sorry, it's okay. I'm her counsellor. I'm looking after her, basically. And um, she starts screaming, help, get him away from me. And the cops are all like, buddy, okay, buddy, back off. And mm. uh, he says again, look, I was trying to help. He's like, no, he didn't help me. He attacked me. And he's Nathan oh. is like, I go, what? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, he says that, uh, Lila says that Nathan took her in there and attacked her. And um, the the cops for once act and they basically take Nathan away and arrest him. Oh, well, they don't arrest him. They say, if you want to take uh, tell us your side of things, you can do it down at the station. And mm. Nathan is being dragged out. And he says, my God, I'm a counsellor. I would never. The cops are like, that's enough. Because of course, Sweet Valley cops are 
damn bit of police brutality. Doesn't surprise anybody. Yeah. And the other cop says to, to Lila, do you feel strong enough to come to the station to register a formal complaint against your attacker? And Lila gives a jerky nod and says, yes. And then we go back to the crash site. A desperate Jessica runs past the barriers. She hears somebody say, it's a darn shame. No one could have made it through that crash alive. And so young. It's a darn shame. The blood froze in Jessica's veins. The earth seemed to drop away beneath her feet. No, she wailed, feeling herself crumple under the weight of an unbearable anguish. Her hand went limp. The crown, uh, crown of bruised and broken flowers slipped from her fingers. They were dead. <gasps> they were both dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she, Jessica fell to her knees. Elizabeth, she sobbed into the unforgiving night. Sam. No. Oh, no. And that, three hours later, <laughs> of a night to remember. Oh, my God. It's fucking cliffhangers all the way down, lads. Oh, Holy shit. My arse is... <laughs> I, I don't think we're, all, we're ever meant to just sit in one place for three hours. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I'm going to need to do some yoga with Adrian after I get up from here. Uh, but oh, Jesus. That oh was God. a night to remember. How are you feeling? Fucking hell. I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped to the max. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like, it is, in fairness, it's very exciting. Like, oh, Jesus. We've got three hours knocked unconscious after, after, a, after a ghostly Regina alike. Oh, I mean, my you, goodness. You gotta, you gotta love another doppelganger. I mean, come on. Shit, yeah. Wow. <laughs> what not, we do here. <laughs> not the first. Oh, my God. Oh. Well, after all that, I mean, it's hard to, to top it. But do you have any stats and outfits? I know you do. I, you, I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> A book that length? I should fucking hope so. Um, so, yes, the Wakefield blondness has gotten five mentions. And yeah, OK, I'm actually surprised. But the blue green eyes got six, which is pretty good. Um, okay, yeah, that's actually more than usual. I think it's definitely more than we've had in a, in a while. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I feel like the last time we talked about uh, stats and outfits, I was doing a tally of all the episodes, so any number is going to feel kind of small after saying 394 mentions of blondness. <laughs> in comparison. But yes, uh, outfits aplenty as well. I'm sure everyone is glad Ooh, yes. to hear. Uh, so where are we? Oh, yes. So at the beach party. God, remember the beach party three hours ago? <laughs> Oh, but, well, that feels like it was another life where I think Doesn't I have it? feeling in the lower half of my body. <laughs> Truly, my God. Uh, well, Winston was looking goofy as usual in Hawaiian print oh, yeah. baggy shorts mm-hmm. while he was dancing up a storm with Maria. Uh, when they, oh yeah, Liz and Jess are kind of talking about the jungle prom and kind of telling the guys about it back at the start. Jessica says that uh, she's thinking of wearing a leopard print mini. This is when she uh, uh-huh. when she thinks she'll be able to pull off a, a costumed uh, element to it. Uh, when Alice uh, swans in and makes Lila jealous of the perfect oh. Wakefield family unit, she is wearing an emerald green linen coat dress uh, and chunky gold jewellery is finishing off the elegant look. because She's also carrying a brown leather briefcase because she is a businesswoman. Quite a look. Mm, it actually does look or kind of sound very nice. Um 
Andrea turns up in a very 80s oh. outfit, as you mentioned, yeah. uh, when she's <laughs> hanging around Bruce, making a show of herself, uh, because she is wearing tight faded jeans, a boxy pink raw silk jacket, white oh, tank top and a hopeful smile. <laughs> <laughs> God love her, the poor sap. I know. I mean, at least it's silk, though. There's always that. Oh, true, true. Yeah, well, there's got to be silk, actually. Yeah. I'd be, be a bit silk, disappointed you know? if there wasn't any silk in this. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> in this final, oh, this this grand finale. Indeed. The dress that Liz and Jess both tried on oh, yeah. uh, and then saw each other in to their horror. Uh, the dress was beautiful. Midnight blue taffeta with a low cut neck and back, apparently. Ooh. So racy indeed uh liz is looking through oh no sorry enid is looking through dresses and stops at a simple flowing rose pink dress with a lace collar and a dropped waist (gasps) very i mean very 80s as well so very uh, it's very like something molly ringwald would wear isn't it in something yes oh my god is um that is the pretty in pink dress it kind of is actually. it is no, it is I actually made a note of the, I meant to make a note of that it is that has to be because that is the pretty yeah. pink prom dress dropped waist dropped lace collar lace up yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, when she fucking ruined uh, her friend's oh. cool 50s dress and made that monstrosity out of it so yeah still angry uh, about it nearly 40 years so annoyed man I only watched Pretty in Pink for the first time like last <gasps> month I think and I was oh. furious about that dress <laughs> that was the first 15s film I ever saw Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I think it was about 11 when I saw it. And, Very uh, exciting. And even then I was appalled by that dress. Yeah, fair. Um, so, oh, when Liz is trying on the dress, she she slips out of her polo shirt and Bermuda shorts. Uh, again, <laughs> kids. Florida retiree. That is how they roll. Uh, Lila is flipping through her enormous wardrobe. Uh, so there is a whole bunch of things here. So she goes oh. through a cherry red tank dress. Uh, she pauses at some baggy black linen shorts and jacket set. Uh, she also finds uh, a hunter green velvet dress that she's looking at to possibly wear to the prom. And mm. I think there was another one here. And also, yeah, she hangs up the velvet gown and then reaches for a sexy gold sequined cocktail dress. Mm. So she has dresses aplenty in that wardrobe of hers. And where's my next thing? <laughs> Hang on. Oh, yes. Uh, this. Oh, yes. This is one of the outfits that the um, Sweet 16 magazine people turned up with for Liz uh, and Jessica to wear for the photo shoot. Ooh. So. It's a colourful jungle print mini dress uh, with tagua nut buttons, which apparently is an organic rainforest <gasps> product. I just like the so. idea that they're getting sort of eco-friendly fashion in 1993. Fair enough. I mean, you know, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when Jessica walks in a full 45 minutes late and strikes a pose, <laughs> uh, she's wearing a tank top and teal green sand washed silk shorts. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> oh, so silk shorts, silk shirts yeah. or silk shorts. It's uh, I mean, you know it's, I'm glad there's at least one. Well, there you go. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the tank top was silk too. Who knows? Um, <laughs> God, what else? Okay, so the actual dresses for the prom. Uh, Liz's dress is an ice blue shade that makes her eyes sparkle like gems. Uh, is there more about that? I think this is like a full skirt. Oh, she wears it with dangly pale earrings, uh, but. It's there's a bit more detail, I think, on 
Jessica's dress because it's a ruby red strapless dress that clung oh, to every yes. curve. So hers is definitely the sexy one out of the two. Wild and um, sexy, she says. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Winston has livened up his black tuxedo with a bright floral cummerbund and bow tie. <laughs> of course he has. Which is great. And then it kind of uh, zips through a whole bunch of uh, the Sweet Valley High students and kind of more of the colours they're wearing than anything else. So Cheryl is wearing a bright lemon yellow dress. Terry's dress is peacock blue. Dana Larson looked feline in a black and orange tiger striped mini dress. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Fucking great. Amy is wearing a silver sheath. Uh, what else do we have? Lila in the end actually wore a short black and fuchsia flowered dress. Hmm. Uh, and Nathan looked nautical and cute uh, in his navy blue sports coat, white Oxford shirt and slightly rumpled khakis. Of course he's got khakis. Of course he does. I mean, he might be reasonable and sound, but he's still in Sweet Valley after all. Mm. But uh, and yeah, and that's uh, that's the outfits. (laughs) Well, you know what? I don't know. Do we have the? This has been three and a half hours long. Um, maybe we should save people's diary comments till next week or next episode and have a have a comment bonanza, because we did hear a lot of uh, we had some great uh, feedback about the last about the last episode, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if, if we've, as as uh, Mr. Bennett says about Mary in uh, Pride and Prejudice, Mary, you have delighted us long enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's almost three and a half hours now, so we will yeah. <laughs> save that good shit to the next time, I think, and try and get some feeling back in our arses in the meantime. <laughs> The one thing I will urge people to look at is the final results of the great Insta poll about the best Sweet Valley cover of all time, which Karen did sterling work in putting together. Um, it is a, uh, it's, I think, a deserving winner. It's what I wanted to win anyway. Mm, How do you feel about yeah. the winner? No, I'm good. You know, it was a bit of a surprise. Uh, mm-hmm. To be honest, I back when I started <laughs> that journey, uh, mm-hmm. I really thought uh, who's who was going to be the outright winner. But, you know, I was uh, proven wrong, like we always are. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, we've learned. If, if we've learned anything over the last uh, 110 books or however many we've done <laughs> at this stage, it's that we know nothing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, we hope you enjoyed this uh, preposterous episode. We hope that uh, we did justice to a book that a lot of you are very excited about. Um, you know where to find us. We are on Twitter at SVH Podcast. Yeah, you can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at svhpodcast. And uh, if this isn't enough for you, if you can't wait two whole weeks to find out what happens the morning after, you can, of course, join our sorority, Pi Beta Alpha, by signing up to Headstuff Plus. Yeah, if you head on over to headstuffpodcast.com, you can sign up uh, to support the show and all this fucking madness that (laughs) we put out. Uh, Yeah, so you can sign up for as little as five euro a month uh, and that will give you access to all our bonus content. It actually gets you access to the bonus content for all the shows on the network. Yes, it does. Um, So, or is, as I'm sure you know by now, is our PBA series where we recap the TV show uh, in the the kind of off weeks between Double Love episodes. So it means that by signing up, you get some Sweet Valley madness in your ears every single week. You do. And uh, last week it was a... You call this a wonderful life, as we mentioned earlier (laughs) on. And we had enormous amounts of fun. And actually, very poignantly... 
the next episode of the of the TV series we're going to be recapping is called Sam Enchanted Evening. And it's the introduction <gasps> of Sam. There you go. So yeah, one's on his way out and one's on his way in. It's all, yeah. all once again tying up weirdly well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on that note... We will bid you farewell, listeners. We will see our Pi Beta Alpha Club uh, sisters in the clubhouse next Thursday to find out what happens on Sam Enchanted Evening. <laughs> but we will see all of you here in the main feed when we find out what happens <gasps> the morning after. Oh my God, we're really in it now. We swear to God, this is so exciting. <laughs> We're going to meet Margo. <laughs> Watch out, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you then. Oh, boy. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> also, congratulations on making it three and a half hours through this episode. <laughs> Woohoo! Let, now let's go on holiday, Karen. Way! <laughs> <laughs> This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade.